Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is your host, Hayden Bow. I got Marcus Leone co-hosting the podcast with me, and our guest today is Ray Nina. He is a Miami boy through and through, born and raised here, and uh, he's got a really cool story to tell. Uh, skateboarding is his profession, and uh, he grew up doing that, and the things that he's done with skateboarding are very cool. Uh, we talk about how strength training has uh, improved his abilities in skateboarding, how skateboarding led him to making really cool friends in the Miami scene like Little Wayne. For those of you who don't know, Little Wayne's studio skate park, bowling alley, uh, sort of like Rob Deerdeck style fantasy factory is just one door down from the hybrid uh, gym here in Miami. Uh, so that was a cool little connection that we had, and uh, he's been a friend for a while, so it was awesome to get him on the podcast. Surprisingly, this is actually his first podcast you'd never tell by uh, listening because he is super entertaining. This guy can talk for days, so you will really enjoy this one. Uh, make sure you screenshot this uh, episode while you're listening to it. Throw it up in your social media. Tag me, tag Hybrid Unlimited, tag Marcus and our guest Ray. Uh, we'll link his, uh, his Instagram in the show notes and, uh, you'll automatically be entered in a draw to potentially win some hybrid legacy brand gear, which is the official gear for the podcast, uh, as well as hybrid performance method as a whole. Um, as always, make sure you check us out on hybridstrengthcoach.com. That's where we sell all of our training programs, everything from weightlifting to powerlifting to strongman and everything in between. So definitely check us out there. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Uh, that is it for me. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. What's up, everyone? It's your favorite podcast producer, Nick Tricana, here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at Element. Listen, you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet. I see it. Steffi sees it. Hayden sees it. We all see it. Element is an electrolyte drink mix with no sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low-carb diets, practice intermittent fasting, are physically active, or sweat a lot. But don't just take my word for it. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. U.S. Olympians, players in the NFL, NBA, NHL, and even our own special forces drink Element. I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm the pinnacle of self-performance, but ever since Steffi turned me on to Element, I've seen vast improvements in my everyday training and recovery. You guys can try Element today with a totally risk-free, no-questions-asked refund policy. And you know what? Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're going to hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid for your free sample pack of eight grab-and-go element packets. Stay salty, my friends. Now back to the podcast. For the first time the other day with uh, Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Hey, everybody. Oh, it's fire. Yeah, they're pretty... Uh... It was so that, right there. Is that guy? That guy. I, I was talking <laughs> to this the other day, but that guy Steve, who's part of their crew, like he lived down here. Yeah, yeah he, he does. He, he's born in Florida. Does he so, some like ridiculous-looking McLaren with his name? All his cars are like baby blue with like fucking. Like, he was at it. Elevation the other day. I walked out and I saw him. Like it, it has name on the front of the car. <laughs> yeah, really? 
Like yeah, it said Steve, Steve will do, do it. it. <laughs> I, like, I have actually a really crazy story with those dudes. Oh, I hope, yeah, yeah, let's do the clap and we'll get it on the thing. Oh, You got it? Oh, at the same time, right? One, two, three. I like doing all three, man. I like doing all three. I'm trying to follow the Okay, yeah, wait. So you had a crazy story about Steve will do it? weird it makes me feel like i don't know if they're serious about that youtube stuff i don't know if it's like half fake half real on like what they want to market but um so i was playing fortnite one day and then uh loaded up and steve would do he's giving away a slingshot and i'm like oh, you mean shit. like a that, that three-wheeled car, car thing car, yeah right. and keep it skiing so i open it on my location it says nine minutes i'm like damn should i pull up like that'd be cool to win a slingshot it's only nine minutes away you know what the, <laughs> what the hell might happen so as I'm driving there, I'm like on the light before you go on the where the tolls are for keeping his and mm. I see some dude in the Tesla just like looking straight. And I'm like, oh, this this motherfucker's going exactly where I'm going. Like, <laughs> the moment it turns green, yo, he guns it. Look, look, oh yeah, just keep it like, like a, a fist, fist away. away. Yeah. The moment it turns green, he guns it. Like he, <laughs> like, I'm like plaid mode, extreme. Yeah, I'm like, dude, yeah. just keep it skiing. It's like yeah. 3 p.m. I'm not gonna get a ticket in the middle of the day. It's embarrassing. <laughs> so when I end up getting there, and neither I or him win. And, I, you know, he's already uh, filming the dude who won the slingshot. And I'm like, oh, shit. Damn, they got there quick, I'm huh? Like, damn, there was like freaking 10 people already. I was like, shit. More people trying to pull up, too. But everybody's just doing a U-turn out of there because they see everybody there. So it's like, yeah. fuck it, we're not going. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go home. As so I'm bouncing, I see, like, his manager at the time. And I'm like, yo, what's up? Like, I fuck with you guys. Like, you guys are dope. And he's like, oh, my God. You have a Steve Will Do It shirt on. Oh my! And he like grabs me. He like pulls me. I'm like, what the fuck is on? Like my head. I'm like, what the hell? He's like, Steve, Steve, look, look. And then Steve's like, oh shit, you have the Tuggy T-shirt on. I guess I guess you're the winner of the Tuggy T-shirt contest. And I'm like, uh, yeah, cool. He's like, oh, you want to go get a Tuggy tomorrow? I'm like, a what? A Tuggy, which is. <laughs> like a Robin Tug? Yeah, Robin Tug, yeah. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. A Tuggy? A Tuggy, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, let's do it. I'm I'm down. I've never I'm like and I'm like looking at the camera, I'm looking at him like uh, 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 and then and then he's like, hey, take my manager's number, blah blah and then dude never they kinda like So wait a second. It. You're wearing a shirt. And what's the shirt have on it? It said Steve will do it Tuggy Parlor. Tuggy Parlor? <laughs> yeah, so it was actually Is that a place? No, he uh I guess during his series, he was like taking people to get tuggies. He was taking like homeless people. He was going like six, <laughs> like yeah, he was going like six no. nine. He was going with the no most way. random people. I swear to God. How do you know that they actually? <laughs> See, I don't know if they They're actually crazy, did it. Man. They would film it right there on A Street, right before you get on the ninety five, right by where the Papa John's is in the corner. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. an Asian parlor right there, and they, like that's where they would film it. So I knew where the location was. <laughs> come on, no like, way. Yeah, and he's like, oh, we just finished coming out. They'd come out of the thing with like their shirts off and shit like that. Come on. Wait, and, but isn't that that's illegal, right? Like, how did those people not get their businesses canceled? That guy gets so many millions I feel of like, views. Dude, I'm pretty sure we have the money. It's definitely a. Uh, it's just kind of like a unspoken thing. Typically, they're like a foot massage place. Exactly. Right, right. You go. You ask for something like some you special just, thing. I don't on, know uh, <laughs> on the menu. So I know. No, how they say they do it is that they get the massage, and they're booty naked, and they just kind of just like yeah. roll over, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, these all give each other a signal like, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> no way, man. That's crazy. So is that is that how you got turned on to Happy Dad? No, I've been I've been on Happy Dad before, like for the first wave, like before, like heavy, like because because I, I was 
I would watch him on YouTube for like years, you know. And then when they first dropped it, I was like, oh, this is dope as hell. What was his thing on YouTube that was like that got him famous? Because like I don't, I know nothing. Like I, he oh, would drink anything, alcohol. Right? Yeah, he would just he drink would, like, alcohol. That's how he got famous. He would get like freaking twenty beers and just chug them on. We're doomed. Or like just, a full. Our 40. world is doomed. Do like a full. Do like a full forty of. Uh, <laughs> That's actually, really impressive. You ever done vodka? that? You ever done? No. I when I was like a full forty of vodka. When, oh no. I, I did uh, Edward Forty hands. Yeah, for, I was about to, uh, yeah. Frat <laughs> yeah, pledge yeah, yes. when I was I did. when I was younger. And I did that too, and it was the war- it was probably the last time I ever got drunk in my whole life. I cheated. How? Because because they, they they tape it right. Yeah. To your hands, yes, right? I did. I've done it. I okay, know. okay. So for those who don't know, Edward Forty hands is they tape forties of old English forty ounce things to your hands, and you can't like get them taken off until you finish them right and most people just vomit because that's like a gross amount of alcohol to consume but i was it was like dark and it was night and we had to do all these other tasks as part of like the frat pledge thing so i was just like sipping some (laughs) spitting it over my shoulder in the bushes and stuff i know that tactic it's a good one man especially when they're like oh you got to take this shot you're like I did that at FSU when I was in college, and like you couldn't get forties there, so we played like Edward Thirty Two Hands or whatever. <laughs> like, you had, like, so like I was living with these guys, and like they just duct taped thirty two ounce malt liquors to my hand, and I drank them all, and it's just the worst. Like just projectile, like you know that scene in The Exorcist, just. <laughs> Was wow. it The Exorcist or was it the what was scary movie? Was it scary movie? Yeah, they, you they did that for yeah, the Exorcist. Yeah, where they were just all vomiting on each, each other. other. <laughs> 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 it's like all right, well I'm done drinking. And or like the the Family that. Guy Ipecac episode. Have you seen that one? Uh, probably. Oh I man, I okay, I won't tell There's you. There's too many. Brian and everybody's just show. throwing up on the rug and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I actually feel pretty fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. But growing up, but, well, being in Miami is crazy enough, right? But you're born in Miami. Born and born raised. raised. Born and right? raised, especially, like, before it had anything. When well, did your parents come here? So my mom came in the early 80s from Cuba. Like, she was got, she part of the Mario Boatlift? No, no. Surprisingly, really? no. She got sent. Uh, so her, my grandfather, he was a political, uh, he was against Castro. So they kind of, like, banished my family from Cuba and just kind of, like, threw us out of there. So my mom came in the early 90s. My dad's Dominican. They linked up somehow, God knows how, had me, and here I am <laughs> in the start of Miami. But yeah, yeah, looking at Miami grow, it's insane, especially with having like all these influencers and like everybody like you guys coming in here, doing the hybrid thing here. It's just like, it's a completely Where'd you grow up? What part of Miami? The central, like Low Havana. Like I saw everything of it like blow up, you know, like it's. How's it changed? Because I know I've been here like seven years now. Okay. And I even just seven years ago, I used to come to Wynwood, and it was still the, like the hood. Yeah, you know, yeah. I used to love. I used to come and work in the Panther Coffee there, just sit on the laptop. Was and bad, dude. People watched. You remember um, William the Flower Man? Oh yeah. I was looking through my phone the He's other day, legend. and it, it's kind of it ends up kind of being a sad story, but. He, it was, there was this guy who used to make you like the flowers. I know, yeah, my, my homie used to work at Panther Coffee and I used to, I, I used to see the see dude the guy do that there? stuff. Yeah. But I, so he would always be around there and our first gym was kind of like opposite end of the main strip of Wynwood to where we are now. Okay. So, and he would always be around there, you know, and I'd always stop and talk to him and we kind of just being part of the neighborhood, like became friends with him. Yeah. And he was always a guy that was like kind of. You know, there's some homeless people that, you know, they're homeless because they have some sort of mental disability or whatever. And that's sad. But he was like 
pretty like a pretty cool guy. He was chill. He'd always stop and talk and yeah. super nice. And this guy would literally climb. He was telling us the palm trees himself. He would climb them to, to get, get the, the leaves, to get actual leaves, yeah, and then make the flowers to, to oh, sell them. Yeah, yeah he's a beast. Them. Yeah, he was yeah, a beast. Skilled. He was awesome, man. For like five, four or five years, I used to see him all the time. He was totally like had his head screwed on straight, everything. And then I remember one time I saw him. I was this was when I moved to Coconut Grove, mm. and I was driving down <clears throat> that strip uh, through downtown to go to the highway. And I saw him, and he just looked like, dude, the color of red that people can only look when you do, like, real hard drugs. Yeah. And he looked Streets all mixed up and weird, and I never, never Streets saw him. Streets must have gotten to him, man. That's tough. Yeah. yeah. Dude, this is a tough place to... Streets is a rough place, to, man. ...to live outside. You know? Yeah. So you were in Little Havana growing yeah, up. Yeah, I grew up like, in central, like, Miami, Miami. Like, when people say Miami, I'm talking about, like... You're, you're in the real Miami because I always tell people this like the Miami that people think of in the news and the media and, and on the billboards and on Instagram like I'm sorry but that's not Miami I'll no. stand by that forever like, anything that's what, what is Miami uh, I think it's Ray just a, I think knows. it's more like Hispanic heritage and like and like the founding of this place itself and it's kind of lost in my in my eyes a lot of people think Miami like you know South Beach and you know yeah, pretty much anywhere that's not like centralized Miami, I don't think it counts as Miami. Like a lot of people say, like Broward and like all this mm -hmm. stuff will be all one thing, but it's like it's really not. Nah, you know? man, because like your family came here for the same reason my family did. Cause they were basically political refugees. My family came here because half of them got put to death, so they escaped. They lived in Morocco for a year, and then they came to New York, and they finally came to Miami. Cause like there was a couple places where. European refugees could settle during the war. Mm -hmm. Miami was one of them. Facts. Same, same with a lot of Latin American communities. So now when you see like what Miami has become over the past, you know, I would say maybe 30 years especially, mm -hmm. it's a lot of, oh, well, I, sorry, I should say 40 years because I got to include the Mario Boatlift and uh, people escaping Cuba as political refugees. But now more than ever, you're seeing people leave Venezuela, Colombia, Brazil, uh, Argentina because of basically Latin American corruption and political yeah. upheaval so to your point right like Miami is a place for refugees and it has been and now I would say maybe in the last five years and two years even as more like hyper focus period like it's turned into something completely different yeah. from even yeah. the days when you moved here oh totally I mean <clears throat> that was back when I first moved here it was before the government started pumping a ton of money into developing Wynwood yeah it was like you remember even when we had yeah. the old gym dude we used to the type, like, we'd have, you know, homeless people using the bathroom outside the gym and, like, all sorts of crazy stuff. And now, Wynwood is, like, some of the most expensive real estate in the whole city. It's insane. Surrounded by some of the lowest income people in all of Miami-Dade County. Like, yeah. Is that because of the project housing and stuff? Well, there's, like, 20 acres of project housing on the south side of Wynwood still. And then if you just... I mean, dude, walk one street over, you're, like... Walk one street over. If you, and if, God forbid, you walk across the interstate. Like ninety five is the divide has and will be the dividing the line yeah. for quite some time until that side <laughs> gentrifies. And I'm not saying that because it's good or bad. It's just kind of the reality of what's going on here. Yeah. You got to be most one of the most normal dudes born and raised in Miami because I would hope it's so. kind of a little bit. Not too much. <laughs> you, circuit you definitely got your head screwed on straight. Yeah, the, the idea to. of like raising kids here is like kind of scary for that reason, right? Like Miami's changed so much, but still, you know. 
almost every like really nice neighborhood is right beside like a really terrible neighborhood yeah. and there's so much like overlap what like how was what was your experience like growing up so back in Miami? Was, everything was <clears throat> it was kind of I don't know I don't know if you guys remember like we were on the boat and I'm like oh look that's Rape Park you know yeah. like, right yeah, I used yeah. to live in like those uh -huh. apartments right by that park and like if you were caught there any time after the sun went down like some bad sketchy shit was like probably gonna happen and that went like mostly everywhere even like Jose Marti Park mm -hmm. I remember being a little kid and like oh yo there's a pedophile in the park like everybody has to and everybody you see everybody running out of the park like you know not you can't be on like Instagram like oh yeah like this dude's right like everybody just word of mouth okay bang it boom boom and it was just like I feel like there's a lot of gang corruption everywhere I mean still this is back but in the 90s be, yeah yeah back in even the early 2000s I remember just like my grandma would pick me up every day from school and like just walking home you'd see like the most vile shit ever you know like it was like what the hell am I, where the hell am i am i in like in the slums and then you walk two blocks over and it's like you're home and it's all nice and sunny you look outside doing it's like okay this is like the place you don't want to be at over there across the street you know wow so what what was that like growing up in that environment interesting I and mean, it always made me like question like of like society like is society actually bad or is it good it's just you know the people based around in like since it all got gentrified and everybody got kicked out and bought out property you know it's, and a lot of the gangsters kind of grew up and like had kids and all that stuff so it became more chill but it definitely was an interesting growing up nothing's like too scary where you're like oh i don't want to grow up but it made you question a lot of decisions of making like oh do i want to be in this part or do i want to be in this part you know that's why my mom threw me in a, in a private school growing up where'd you go um so there's one school called saint matthews it was like a christian school that's okay. where i met tito oh so, really yeah that's where i met tito the moment he came from cuba boom he was just like in there and i was like yo what's up and he's like hello you know a little, little spanish <laughs> accent so he just got kind of cool from there but uh thank god i went to like a private school because those at the time there was just like these weird um uh, public schools like Ponce de Leon, like Shenandoah, Citrus, it's like Booker T. Mm -hmm. So it's like these schools that it's just, you you get in there and it's like two paths. You're either a good kid or going to be the worst kid, you know. But a lot of times you're in that bad kid because you're a product of your environment. And unfortunately, the environment in all those public schools were kind of just like pretty toxic and pretty bad, you know. I've always wondered, like, because people ask me, you know, just because of my profession, like, you know, where do you send, where would you send your kids to school? And I'm always like, man, I only know of like, it's like my dad went to high school, Beach High, you know, like he grew up on the beach, like he went to Beach High when he was growing is up. Is that a public school or private? Yeah, yeah, it's public school. Um, but like in my neighborhood where I live now, up in El Portel, like the only school I know of is Miami Country Day and Cushman. Those are all private schools. So like thinking about where to send your kids to school is like a very strange well, question. It's, it's not an option for a lot of people, right? Like uh, yeah, well, some of those schools that cost like a man. university tuition. <clears throat> yeah, no, I remember. But just me, this is I'm talking about like 2004 to like 2008 because I graduated in middle school in 2007. But like the tuition there was like 800 a kid in the early 2000s. That's $800 like a, like a kid per in, semester? Or? No, per month. Oh my god! Per month. Okay, and so then, that's and that so was me and my sister. Significant. Yeah, because I know Country Day and like what's like, ransom cost? Ransom and <laughs> they're all ransom. like forty thousand a year. I think they start at like forty thousand a year. It's expensive, man. It's like imagine you have multiple kids and like you have a house here. Like you know, it adds up. And for most people, that's I mean, for almost anybody, still you're spending what, forty thousand divided by twelve. You know, you're spending th th over three thousand dollars a month just to send your kid to school. One of those schools, like. It's have a peace of mind to have a peace of mind too that's a crazy part and you're not even getting guaranteed that your kid's gonna come out great because i know a lot of yeah. people who dropped a lot of money on 
private schools and your kid's like worse than a kid who's like gang affiliated, you know? <laughs> so now I'm curious, what are the good public schools here? And I mean like down south. So I actually like, worked at a public school. I was a, a uh, basketball coach at Coral okay. Elementary. And, oh, so like down, yeah, okay. down south. It was like on like it was almost kind of going to the Grove. Okay. That one oh, yeah. was like, I mean, it, it felt like a pub, uh, private school. Really? Yeah, it was. It was super dope. I, I was like, wow, like. So it's like a charter school. No, but it's it's a, it's a, no, not bilingual. It's a like a magnet program. I know where they have a lot of foreign kids, a lot of kids from like Europe, a lot of kids from like. Uh, so, so they have charter schools, oh, okay. like like I like know Mast is a charter school yes. here yes. out on the out on the the key. Uh, one of my cousins went to Mast. Like, there's a couple other ones, but I, I'm not really familiar with the public schools because like my dad only went to one, and I didn't end up going to public. Like I didn't end up in grade school down here. I was in Tallahassee when I went to grade school because we moved when I was like eight out of Miami. Mm. But I, as far as I know, like private school is like probably the only way to go here unless you're really lucky and live on the beach. Yeah, unless you get chosen on like a, like I said like Coral Way or you just get lucky with your public school just happens to have a really good community. Yeah, and the principal is great. The the teachers are all friendly and they're not like gonna make your kid feel like he's a piece of shit. You know, because that's what teachers aim on doing when they don't like a specific kid and all that stuff. And there's a lot of. <clears throat> ethnicities here like there's so many different cultures oh, so, many. so I could imagine like you know because like when I, I was in grade school in Tallahassee Florida you know it's just it's a bunch of good old boys like rednecks up it's there. NASCAR country <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we didn't have I mean it wasn't no that's it's like Florida State football country up there <laughs> but it was you know it was like you could go to almost any public school in that city and like my parents didn't have to worry about any of that stuff and now I mean dude now in a whole other area of going to school these days mm. as school shootings like every week like so i don't know if that mm -hmm. plays into the whole public versus private conversation but no nah, i think that, that was, would definitely concern me yeah no i think that guns with school it's inevitable that's just on like it happening you know it's just like if it's meant to be it's unfortunately as, as unfortunate as it sounds like it's preventable but at the same time, like, how can you prevent it? You know, it's like it's also a crazy white person thing, right? Like, you don't see that down here, where in like Hispanic communities, you know, it's all it's places Has like there, that northern. Well, Florida. no, Parkland, dude, Parkland. Well, Parkland, Florida. There was a high school out there. I forget the name of it, but there was a kid, and he he killed like over twenty people. Scary. And like that's. Just you're fucking thirty minutes away from here. That's just in Broward. Yeah. Like, is it really? Oh, I didn't realize it was. Yeah, that this close. was like close. this kid. Wow. I mean, and he. You see, like photos of this kid. Like afterward, it was like he, he's like heartless. Like, like looking at it, like just. I mean, and he killed like I don't know how many. I mean, this is a horrible story, but it was like twenty or thirty kids up there. Wow. Just. That's not, I don't know. There's not not a rabbit hole we should go down. <laughs> this is, yeah, we're digging yeah. pretty deep. No, it's just it's super sad and like that. I think. No, it wasn't that one. But there was one that Alex Jones was commenting on. He just got uh, in trouble. The Sandy for Hook it. thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, he just got. You know, he uh, he got sued for like it's. He has to pay like forty or fifty million dollars. He tried to declare bankruptcy. And the IRS did an audit of him and like said he actually because you know now he owes more taxes. <laughs> no, dude. He they said that his net worth is actually like. Two hundred million dollars. Oh Jesus! After he tried to declare bankruptcy, <laughs> so how much has like, he claimed? What? What? You've only claimed ten thousand. Yeah. So they're like, 
because he was trying to say, dude, you can't put me in this position. You know, like this is a ridiculous amount of money given I'm just a guy who says crazy stuff on the internet, whatever. They're like, well, you got to be accountable for what you say. That's a lesson, I guess. Right? Like even if it's the internet, you, you're still accountable for what you say. But they're like, yeah, you also have a shitload of money. So... Cheers, George. <laughs> George back there trying to be all silent. Look <laughs> at this happy dad. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I, I like. I think Alex Jones has a lot of entertainment value, and you listen to him sure. on Rogan. He's not as crazy as he makes himself out to be. Well, except yeah. for that one, that like four-hour no, podcast he did, where you got I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm, <laughs> he's I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> that was the greatest PR he's ever done for himself. He turned himself into even more of a living meme. Yeah, which is kind of like the only road you could take, I think, at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's so <laughs> far down there. But, you know, if you honestly, I think freedom of speech only goes so far so in this far. country, even so though... Far, especially with the people watching. Right, I mean, he said some pretty insane stuff. He called that... I mean, imagine that was your kid that got murdered. This an innocent little kid that got murdered and got yeah. this guy talking about how if this was like a false flag operation and how it was... It was yeah. definitely a really, really bad take. But the thing is that I feel like there were so many people that wanted to silence him for so long. Because yeah. he was right about a, a few things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that caused problems for high people in high positions of power. That, that As soon as he just one. did one that yeah. was like, oh, we can kill this guy with this one. Yeah, this well, thing, then he was building up a credit, man. Or yeah. a debt, I should say. Yeah. He was building up a debt to the, to the world and... I mean, I like him. I think he's very funny, but at the same time, like if you say something that's objectively fucking wrong on such a big level, you got to be held accountable for it. And if he has $200 million or he's worth $200 million, like this is your tax for yeah. being kind of insane for all those years. Yeah, you're and $50 million. You've got $150 million left. He'll be all right. <laughs> he'll, he'll, be, he'll be pretty all right. <laughs> just like, just be less insane next time, you yeah. know, or just... <laughs> Don't talk about that kind of stuff because I feel like that's you take it too far. Yeah. So to bring the insanity back to you growing up in Miami. Yeah. Long, I'm sorry. Long story short, to, to make it a lot easier, it's like you're sitting there, you're opening all your history books, and you're yeah. reading Chicago, New York, California. You start reading all these places. And I remember sitting down in, in class, in like fifth grade, and being like, I've never seen Miami being talked about once. And like the books at all and then like now really? it's just like yeah I swear to god just sitting down and being like or florida at all i mean if you talk about florida they would talk about like jacksonville tallahassee and just all these places that you know sarasota um pretty much everywhere that wasn't miami and i would always be like miami's such a cool place you know because of all this extra stuff like the beaches mm -hmm. and the the variety of culture and all that stuff and now it's like being centralized as like the big topic of like oh this is the hot spot this is where everybody gotta go you know well do you guys know why Miami is what it is? No. So I, I went down a rabbit hole on this like a couple of years ago, started reading a lot about the history. And I mean, not you could trace it back to the railway, railways and Al Capone bootlegging liquor through here, and that was all part of it. But at least in my opinion, the big boom came in the 1980s. It's so like the reason the skyline looks like what it is today and the reason there's so much infrastructure and wealth here was you know, cocaine money. I oh, mean, for sure. For like, okay, I thought that answer was too obvious. To, <laughs> no, to, man. I honestly, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't think it gets talked about enough. People look at like the glitz and glamour of Miami. Even today, I mean, I feel like 
what Miami is is a very convenient place to park your money. And the cocaine cowboys back in the day parked their money here literally because yeah. they were just smuggling smuggling coke through Miami. Where the border's right there, Dylan. So it was a boop boop. So like right the in. reason that the you know the reason the government figured out that this was the central trafficking hub for cocaine in the United States back in the eighties. So there's part of one of these books I read talked about the story that. The Federal Reserve monitors excess liquidity, right? So they monitor excess levels of cash. Banks only have to keep certain amounts of cash on hand mm -hmm. in order to meet their, their reserve requirements, right? And apparently in the 1980s, there was like, you know, I guess it was a lot of the time, but it was like a $7 billion liquidity excess that banks didn't need. So they looked and they're like, huh, okay. So like the Federal Reserve. A lot of cash here. Yeah, they're like Federal Reserve <laughs> Whoa, Bank of Atlanta is like... <laughs> Why is there so much money down there? <laughs> and then they started auditing the banks and started they realized. The files and all this stuff. Yeah, oh, man. Because okay. there would just be people. And some of these banks were, they were just ways to launder. And we can go, next I'll talk about why, <laughs> what, what happened as a result of that. But people would just bring in dump, not dump trucks, but like, you know, trolleys with suitcases Loads, full of man. cash Loads. and mm -hmm. all this crazy stuff to these banks. So they would have just absurd amounts of cash on hand at all times, way more than they need to, because the only way banks make money is by lending money out. 100%. So they had all this money and they didn't know what to do with it. So what did they <laughs> do with it? And why do you think Miami is one of the real estate hubs of the country? Buy real estate. They loan their money out to buy real estate. And, and obviously have, other things. It, is it called castle law where they can't seize your, your home? Here? Like, well, the castle doctrine protects an individual homeowner by giving them the right to basically use deadly force if somebody is on okay. their property. So they, and in Florida, it's even crazier. Castle doctrine here is pretty yeah, nuts. No, I know. Okay, that's a, that's not what I was getting at, though. Uh, isn't there some rule in Florida where... The stand your, your ground law, right? Is that what you're... No, I'm, I'm talking about the one where it's... I, I, I thought it was the case that if you... Uh, you can't have your home seized, even if it's from proceeds of crime. Oh, I you thought definitely can. Yeah, have you your definitely. Home seized. Really? We, that'd be oh, on dude, foreclosure we, the next uh, day. <laughs> you I, do really? Wrong. We, we were oh, looking. At, I, I was misinformed. Oh no! Like DOJ, like there was a. Um, I've told people that there was a deal that <laughs> I need to, I need to give him a call. Yeah. That's not true. Hey, uh, <laughs> whatever I told you, just back out on it. He's like, "What? Hey, I was about to risk it all right now." <laughs> there was a, an appraisal that we were doing for a company. And I look, like I, I looked at it, and I was like, "This is just like, because I look at some of the times I look at our files that come through our office, and like, yeah. I looked at this house, and I was like, it's owned by the Department of Justice. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, what, the how did the that happen? Just sees that. So I looked up the old owners because I tracked down the old warranty deed on it, and like the old owner was part <laughs> of this like multi-million dollar fraudulent scheme against Medicare or something. Had his house seized as a part of him going to jail. That's another reason why uh, Miami so did Medicare is a house for uh, for riffraff too. Are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah, I mean we <laughs> <He's> like, <"Maybe." laughs> the, that wasn't the individual's name that was on the file, but yeah, we we've done a few for No different story. Mr. Raff. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not his real name. But uh Shout out Riff Raff. We're all a fan. Yeah, like, you know, that's but Miami's kind of become the place where like people just they like they they park their money here from other countries because it's yeah, safe. For sure. So like back in the day when you were well no, before you were growing up, before I was even growing up here, like I read these stories about the Grove, man. Like that was like the big hangout for 
Coke dealers at yeah. the Mayfair. When yeah, I that, moved to the Grove, my dad had a client who used to come and party in Miami. Uh, like he's from Toronto. This guy's from Toronto. My dad's from Toronto. And when my dad told him my son just uh, bought a place in my in Miami, he was like, "What area?" Told him Coconut Grove, and he goes, "Oh, that used to be like it's Jamaican. It was like pure place, Jamaican like property. Jamaicans? Like, like the oh really? The, I had really? No idea. The real, uh, he just said it was a big like drug scene. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. a lot crazy. of Jamaicans. It was a lot of. I, I mean, unless it's like completely wrong, but you know, I'm just referring to what I saw from the movie Shotters. I don't know if you've ever seen that. What movie. is it called? Shotters. Shotters? Yeah, Shotters. It's like, oh, yeah. They're like the Jamaican Scarface, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, you pretty much see how Jamaicans pretty much, like, ruled a lot of the cocaine money and all that stuff. And really? And it, it takes a, part in a place in Coconut Grove, when you know, some of the scenes. DJ Khaled's even, like, in the movie and stuff. Like, you see him all skinny <laughs> no, and stuff in the Grove. But, yeah. <laughs> you said that's skinny? I, yeah, he's, like, skinny, but, like, with baggy-ass clothes. You're like, is he fat or skinny? You can't tell. <laughs> that's so weird. So weird. I saw that, and I, was, I had he a doesn't look it. skinny. Like, yeah, no, he does. He's just really long. You know, so you just like a long, like a chimp. Yeah, Well, they there was so like part of the cocaine cowboy story was that there was a club there at the Mayfair, and I, I don't I don't know if there was a different name for the club, but like this is where like those two really really famous dudes, the big drug traffickers that worked for Pablo Escobar, Sal and uh, oh yeah. Whoever uh, his partner was, I forgot. Tarzan was one of them. He was that guy who knew everyone. It's like you that was the Tarzan yeah. guy. He was part of the story. They're like these two dudes that were like the distributors. Something for the Falcone. Whole, yeah, William and Sal. Yeah, okay. William yeah, and yeah. Sal. They were the big drug yeah. dealer, big coke distributors for him. And anyways, that was like their party spot. Like they would all hang out there and just. I guess not have heart attacks all night just doing coke <laughs> until the morning or whatever but there would be like explosions and murders and bodies yeah. stuffed in trunks in the morning so like I had no idea I went there with you we saw that we're like oh this is a real nice nice little neighborhood yeah <laughs> yeah. Now it's the number, now it's the best neighborhood to raise a kid it's yeah, coconut yeah. group it's like an A plus like an A neighborhood you know yeah but you're still you yeah, know, to your point earlier you are like, close that grand uh, grand, grand average there and uh, with Douglas you, you're just a like a, a neighborhood away. Yeah, man. Yeah. Even like even my neighborhood. I live in El Portal, super nice neighborhood now. You go across the river and like, right you know, like North Miami. Just Vegas like yeah, you can you guys change is fast. Like how many times were your Porsche tires stolen off the car? Twice. <laughs> I've had <laughs> my car Porsche. burglarized, my wife's car burglarized at our own <clears throat> house, like stuff yeah. stolen. It's not fun. Oh, I can imagine, man. We had a whole G Wagon stolen <laughs> just a few weeks ago. Got it back though. Did you? Thank God for GPS. Yeah, did I tell you about that? Well, I mean, I know it got stolen, but did you actually get it back? Yeah, so we, uh, the, you know, it got stolen, whatever. I woke up in the morning to a, because uh, it's a company car, got a call from Steffi saying, hey, <laughs> one of the company cars got stolen. <laughs> like, wait, which car? Uh, I, can you call insurance and like see what we need to do about this, whatever, talk to insurance. Uh, she ended up going to Mercedes uh, like the dealership and at Mercedes they can turn on the GPS tracker so they did that takes like a couple hours for it to like find the location like zero in on it anyways f they found it where it was it was in a, a parking uh, garage for um, a condo building in West Palm Beach so they just immediately sent the cops there found it had it towed to an impound lot and they did some damage to the vehicle but you know, we're talking only hundreds of dollars worth of damage. They tried to, 
remove the GPS tracker. They didn't realize that now in the in the new G wagons, it's under the the engine, mm. whereas before it used to be in the like the main console. Right. So like they ripped out a piece of the main console to try to get that. They, there's a wrap on it, so they tried to like take off the weather stripping to like peel the wrap off and just hide they, the color, like so it'd be some yeah, so it just would car. look different than how it, how it was originally. Like you still know, a G wagon, like few things, yeah, it's only so like many G wagons that you'll see. There was like, like hybrid branding on the the cover of the gas thing, yeah. and they ripped that off, like things like oh, that. But morons, yeah. But so let's talk. Talk to me. We've, been, we've been down the Miami rabbit hole, but I want to know about your life and your time uh, as a skateboarder. And yeah, how'd you, how'd you get into skating to begin with? Skateboarding it was, it was an interesting journey. I should have been in skateboarding a lot uh, younger, but I was just more naive and like didn't care about that stuff. Um, my uncle, he's been skateboarding since like the 90s, since the moment you know he you know was of age and whatnot. <clears throat> Always come home with skateboards and you know me just being la la la. I'd play Tony Hawk and all that stuff, but would not skateboard at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm graduating eighth grade one day, and we're just at my friend's house after school. He brought, he brings out a Canadian maple, a oh, skateboard, nice. and then, uh, and then we're just, you know, riding outside. And I just felt so natural, just pushing down and forth. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to to my family's house for the summer, so I won't be around. But if you want, you could borrow my board." I'm like, "Sure, I'll borrow it. I take it home." And my uncle's like. What the hell are you doing with the skateboard? Like this is badass. He goes outside. He kickflips with like some work boots with like the metal toe and all. <laughs> no and I see him kickflip, and I'm like, that was badass. Wait, can you do that again? He's like, no, no, I'm gonna show you something else. He does a double kickflip, and I'm like, that went <laughs> twice. Like, what the hell is this? And then and then it just went. I went down a rabbit hole. He started showing me videos of like Rodney Mullen, Daywan Song, all these like OGs. And then what really clicked is when I saw Ryan Sheckler skate at like a really young age. Mm. I'm like, wait, you're telling me this little shit is like. Jumping off a building? Like, that's <laughs> insane. Like, you know, and then I kind of just, like, liked it, you know. And then what made me really stick to it was, like, the independency on it. That you didn't need no teammates. You didn't need nobody. Mm-hmm. And then like, you just meet people on the streets. That, that that was, like, the sickest shit. Yeah. So, like, now today, everybody, all my brothers right now are, like, everybody I've met, like, off the street skateboarding and stuff. So I started, at, like, not wanting to do it to just, it just falling on my lap. Wow. And at this point, it's just like the biggest networking tool that I've ever used. You know, it's like it's it's got me into places. It's got me into pretty much everywhere that I've dreamt of, like trying to be at. You know, I slept over at Little Wayne Skate Park because of you know skateboarding. You know, so it's just it only goes beyond that. You know, like I want to get to that, but I know that like what what happened between you being a young kid discovering skateboarding and, and being where you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when I started, I didn't start that young. So I started with like a high school mentality. So I still had the risk factor of knowing that if I got hurt, I wasn't able That's to. That's hard. It's hard, man. That's hard it's to hard. It's really hard. And then it just, um, just doing stuff really slow, you know, not trying to rush the pace and not trying to kill yourself and stuff. But then you watch, you know, little dudes doing all this crazy shit. And then you get this like sense of inspiration of like, oh my God, like, I, you know, I want to be on that boat. And it's just like, you know, you kind of follow, you know, you follow the leader in that sense of skateboarding. And to me, that's how I've always seen it. Like, okay, if this dude's doing this, like, it's definitely a possibility to do something that maybe not at the highest level, but you can get there, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I saw all the stuff, all the doors opening up because of skateboarding, I was like, dude, this is this is sticking around forever, you know? Like, what, what did that mean for you, though? You said a lot of doors opened up. So you started skateboarding, and then how did that, how did you go from learning how to, like, do your first trick to... Where you are now like what what actually happened in the in the meantime uh same thing as happening every day you know it's just just it's like a puzzle right so right. Why, why i think skateboarding is so beautiful it's just it's like a never-ending sport 
that's also another reason why I kind of like it. Like you'll invent something today, and then you'll invent something tomorrow, and then you'll invent something the next day, and it's just like a consecutive, you know, route of always inventing stuff because there's always stuff to be made. You know, it's like for lifting as well. It's always you know higher you know reps, higher um, the weight to go, and you know it just you see somebody lift a thousand pounds, you're like, okay, can you lift eleven hundred pounds? Mm-hmm. And then he lifts 1,100 pounds. You're like, well, there's, there's like a cool artistic like part of weight of um, skateboarding too, right? It's like it, it, there's a few things that like uh, you know, for those who don't know, I was pretty into it as a kid as well. I wasn't obviously as good as you, but right, it was I, pretty good about, from all the stuff I, he talks. He said he 50 50 the 12 steer rail or something. No, no. Yeah. I think the the most probably impressive thing that I did was I kick flipped a nine set. Which was, and and that's was still pretty, pretty big. Pretty like kickflip is the hardest trick. It, to the, that's the <laughs> hardest trick in the freaking world. It's like one of the first ones you learn, but it's literally like the hardest trick to, to do. Yeah, but, but, so I annoying. Mean, it's it's something where you can for not that much. You know, you look at other sports and like what it costs to play other sports is mm-hmm. expensive, right? Like I grew yeah. up in Canada playing hockey. It's like a ten grand commitment a year oh, for your sure. parents, right? But that's you look at uh, skateboards like. You spend a couple hundred bucks, you know, or if, if you're being thrifty, you can literally go to Walmart and buy yeah. a skateboard for like 30 bucks or 50 bucks, yeah. you know, back in the day at least. And it's something you can challenge yourself at every single day. And like you said, it never ends, right? It's like there's always something more you can do than whatever the trick you just learned is. It's like, okay, you know how to kickflip. Okay, now learn how to heel flip. Yeah. Now learn how to varial. Now learn how to do a three flip. And like it just goes and goes and goes. And it's something right. that's like... You never run out of challenges. Yeah, you, you, you never do. You just never do. I know to this day, I still know pros that are still trying to figure out like, what's the next thing they want to do. And that's the hardest thing, like figuring out what's next. But it's there. But it's just kind of just figuring out what, how you want to do it, how you want to present it, and if it's going to be worth it or not. Because you might do something and it's just like it wasn't as dope as you expected it to be. If that makes any sense, you know, and then it's just like, oh, okay, cool. It wasn't that it didn't give as much attraction as I thought it was going to bring. And I feel like that's where skateboarding is headed in this direction right now, where everybody's just like trying to do the next thing that's going to boost their social media or something like that. You know, is it really social media driven Dude, now? right now? Skateboarding, it's like before, you know, I mean, especially since you started skating back in the day, you know, it's like to be pro was like to do a street part, to be uh-huh. actually good. And then, like, okay, you're presented with a board. But nowadays, kids are just becoming, like, park rats. They're becoming super amazing at parks. And then they're just handing, you know, this pro this pro level, you know, of just, like... What do you think, like, m- made that advancement? Because back in the day, when I was skateboarding, if you could do a three-flip, like, you were sick. Sick. Sick as hell. Now, you have kids doing three-flips into, you know, five owing a... <laughs> 15 set rail like doing insane things and they're like 12 or 11 years it's old the beauty of social media you know you see something you're like it starts to make you ponder especially the younger you are you're like you're more open you're more opportunistic to definitely just going for it you know yeah, like i don't know if you sure. know little zion like oh yeah dude, he's yeah yeah i've he's, seen him on your social a bunch. he's the epitome of like going for it like he's like he's he's amazing dude and i've seen him grow like i saw him skate like the first day he ever came to the skate park i met him you know yeah, yeah. and to see him from like a little pebble to like an actual freaking big stone you're like holy shit dude this dude is incredible but it's a lot man it's a it's a lot to what does it mean to be a pro it's like in skateboarding back then it was no now i mean like what does it mean to be a pro 2022 as as a skateboard is it like win contest just you gotta just mainly win contest and just 
be highlighted, you know, just be highlighted and just be a center of attraction. Is that what you are? I wish, dude. And even then, I don't think pros, they don't even, uh, it depends who you are. Pros don't really make that much money. That's why I didn't like follow the sport in the sense of like me wanting to be a professional athlete in it. Um, I think you make uh, way more money networking in the sport than you do actual pros. You know, you do photo shoots, you do music videos, you can do pretty much anything with, I've, I've done shoots for like Gap and stuff. And like, they, you have, yeah, they pay me like a thousand a day to just stand there with my board. And I'm just like, I thought I was going to skate. Like I was excited <laughs> to come. Like I wanted to, you know, bust a couple of tricks for like, the, and it's, you know, they had me dancing with a skateboard <laughs> and like a Gap photo shoot. And I'm like, okay, I mean, it's badass. So you paid me like a good amount of money, but it's like, you didn't get to use your craft, you know? So you kind of feel sure. like this, like sense of like, of like missing from, from that content. So you, you feel like skateboarding is your full-time job or do you have like an actual full-time job? Bro, if you ask me, I'm crazy, man. I have so many eggs in every basket. I can't stay still, dude. I love skateboarding, but I'll get so bored at this point that I'll be like, okay, I gotta find something new to do. So I just figure out other stuff. I used to own a sneaker business, breed dogs. Um, breed dogs? Yeah. yeah okay. Fire Frenchies. Look them up uh, dog. online, guys. <laughs> I appreciate Check them out on Instagram. You do like you flip sneakers and stuff too. I used to. Me and my cousin Tito, we owned business store, uh, a sneaker store. I'm sorry. And, Which one? Uh, it was called the Kicks Flipped. It was it was more like uh, online and you know driving to you and all that stuff. But you know after the pandemic hit, it was just kind of we we're just kind of over it. Uh, we kind of just drove to New York in a U-Haul truck for like 300 sneakers, and we just dropped it off at like one store. Didn't you sell it, sell it to, was it StockX? No, oh, Stadium oh, Goods. Stadium Goods, yeah. StockX, they, 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 it's like so cheap, you know? Stadium Goods is amazing. They, so you went in there and made good money on it? You make a pretty good fair amount of money. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's good enough, you know, to... He's being modest. I heard how much. It's a lot. <laughs> I wish. Hey, I wish, dude. Especially right now. You could, you that'd be put nice that Rolex right on your wrist being modest. Like that'd that. be nice, man. That'd be nice right now. Um, no, no. This is this was an investment, man. I don't buy jewelry just to like have it. I just I, I like assets. Well, listen, you know? you're, you're, you're not you're not you're not sitting here like preaching to people that aren't familiar with the watch game. Yes, sir. So you flipping sneakers. You're done with that now. Like, how skateboarding part of your life? Uh, skateboarding is never gonna go away. It's like for everything. It's yeah. a, it's it's uh, it's a tool where you can find excitement out of anything. I'm having a bad day, I'll do it. If I'm having a really good day, I'll still do it. If an opportunity is coming around, it's great to use it as an opportunity. And I just like the whole uh, ideology of it. It's uh, it's really challenging where you put somebody else on a board and, and you get on a board and it's like you can actually see the difference and like okay in crafts you know it's like you know benching you know you see a perfect you know bench mm-hmm. opposed to somebody who just never bench and you're like okay who yeah, yeah. so the work it's a working it's a working i feel like work. lifting and skateboarding are pretty similar in that oh they're way. hand in hand dude. it's like it's, it's kind of all i get the same high i'm to this point where i love working out as much as i love skateboarding yeah. like uh, and it's very individual both of them it's like you go to a gym like training by yourself but like mm-hmm. if you happen to be around a cool group of people it turns into a fun time like you go from being independent to being part of this exactly like culture mm-hmm. or like a group mm-hmm. activity depending on the setting you know and it's crazy because it really wasn't a hand-in-hand thing back then i feel like back in the days it was like oh no you lift like you cannot be in this sport because you're like some big 
cocky dude and it was just like i had this crazy idea of like never wanting to work out when i was little because i was like can't get big because i'm gonna look weird skateboarding like <laughs> and then you don't really think about how long it actually takes you to get big yeah and it's just not it just doesn't happen from day to night you know mm-hmm. and it's wow, just like that's like that's a long time of work it's a, it's to be like, like a freaking big, five big ten dude. years to get big yeah. dude it takes a long time man trust me trust me trying to no, gain trust me. <laughs> i couldn't tell yeah it's it's yeah, it's like it's like the idea, that funny idea that people have. Like, you know, maybe it's more women. But like, if I walk into the gym, I start lifting weights. This is probably like an old school mentality now. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna look like a man, you know? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, you're gonna have to work really hard. No, you have to work really hard. Happen. Oops, Oops, I, I got huge. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, no, I wow, can't gain so weight, lucky. bro. That's my problem. I can't gain weight. I've been stuck at like 158 to 162 to 157, and it's just like I'm like, dude, this is the hardest journey ever. Well, dude, and also your what you do for an activity is That's like incredible. you're burning a ton of calories every day doing that, right? So bad. If you're out so for bad. like a few hours at the skate park, like you're probably burning a lot more calories even than when you're in the gym, and then you're working out on top of that. So, it's... Yeah. what's up, everyone? It's your favorite podcast producer, Nick Tricana, here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at Element. Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're gonna hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com slash hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. Eating is a full-time job. It's a full-time Being job. Yeah. And I eat a lot, dude, and I think I eat a lot. <laughs> it's just, it's not enough, apparently. Clearly, at this point, it's not enough, but we're trying, you know? It's <laughs> just trying. Always on that permabulk mindset. <laughs> is that is that mindset still the same in skateboarding? Like, are there a lot of guys that are, are working out for the purposes of getting better at skateboarding, or is that still kind of a weird concept? Um, I feel like with the Olympics right now, it's it's opened oh, a more broad right. idea. For, it's, it's in the Summer Olympics, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel that's like now so it's cool. more broad, but it's a lot of paleometrics and a lot of, like, really chill workouts where you're not muscle... I mean... Where I don't think it's muscle engagement, where you're just legit growing muscle and being big. I think it's more muscle flexibility, you to be able to stretch and you know to take falls and all that stuff. But like I was trying to tell you in a text, I want to develop a whole habit for like skateboarders to like actually want to incorporate like muscle development and like to get big and like to do stuff like that. Because you're not gonna get big. It doesn't work like that, especially with a skateboarding you do. Chances are you won't get that big unless you start doing like freaking drugs and shit. But um, I don't think but, it'd even be beneficial. It's like, well, not that, I mean, think about it. The heavier you are, if you if you happen to be somebody that is but being strong, right? Like, think oh, about like yeah, yeah. guys who compete in vert. Like the higher, the more you can. But not like I, I don't think excess body weight would help at all. Like you would have to be strategically no, strong. But I feel like the big. drugs would help their mentality. Like if you drugs? Have like yeah, like if you have a like Naja Houston, Naja was on test. You know what I mean? Like he'd be like, oh for sure strength. He'd I think like, strength would definitely help as long as you're not putting yourself. And not to say that you would have to take drugs to do that. You can train naturally and get strong, right? But I think that um, definitely it's a way to protect yourself from injury as long as you're not losing a ton of mobility. And like, like you said, they're doing a lot of stuff to make sure you're flexible so you can take falls. I think as long as you're doing that stuff as well, strength training, can yeah, incorporate it in both. You can you, yeah. can you can live a happy. Because yeah, if you get too big like, and heavy, if you fall off a board, like then you have a two hundred pounds falling on the ground <laughs> as opposed to one hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that big dude in the mega ramp that dropped in and he like eats big shit. boy, dude, dude. That's you see that? You know, big, you know, big boy. He skated Tony Hawk's uh, ramp. It's like how how tall is that? Oh, it's I know pretty, big boy. It's pretty tall. I met him. I once. can't give you a yeah. specific. Uh, uh, like what? Thirty feet. 
20 feet? Maybe higher. It might be a 40 footer. Who knows? 40? It's, it's like huge. huge. It's a mega ramp that he has he in a freaking went, warehouse. And he's actually the the largest, most athletic guy yeah, I've ever he's, seen. Yeah, he's, he skated around Shepherd's Park. And he, I was like, dude, he's like alling up a thing. And he's huge. He's the guy huge. that calls himself Big Boy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like the Mexican cartel lifter Big Boy SC. Strength cartel. That's uh, But he fell hard in Tony Hawk's... Uh, uh, ramp, yeah, because straight he's like, like 30 size. 40 feet, but you can see he's so <laughs> strong that he didn't mess up his shoulder. Yeah, he was fine. He's like completely, yeah, I think he damaged the ramp. He <laughs> might have damaged <laughs> the ramp. Let me tell you something, I'm sure if, it hurt, dude. But he just got up, like, he he at least played it off very well. And he didn't have any serious injuries, right? I feels bad. There's no way he didn't walk away from that feeling like he got hit by a truck. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> if anything, he might have been the truck that hit the ramp. You know, yeah. he's like he just shook it off. Like, here we go. What's oh, the next bro. thing we're doing? If I fall down or hit stub my toe, it hurts. Like, <laughs> he's as big as me. Like, he's got to He must have hurt a little bit. No, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it didn't that's, feel good. The only thing I remember, I remember I met him at the showdown once. Introduced himself as Big Boy. He said hi, I'm Big Boy. I was, well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I shouldn't say this, but like I remember, like he. I knew he was, but he walked in and he's just like, I don't, for some reason I was standing like up front and he like, we were all, we all met him and you know, I just like shook his hand. And he's a really like, nice guy. He's like, big boy. I was like, sorry, what's your name? Big boy. Big boy. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, awesome. Sweet. Yeah. like, all right, Jake. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's, well, I'm, yeah, he was nothing but nice, but it was funny because like, yeah, yeah. it's like people like, like introduce themselves as their Instagram handle. I always find that funny. To that's the day so weird. I that's like that, that, that. I find this so it's weird. Like people's are like, so oh, weird. that's whatever. And insert Instagram handle that's here. Sweet and Lips like, 305. Yeah, I was like, no, that's Jake. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Wait, is Big Boy's name Jake? I think so. Really? Don't quote Did me on that. Did you just blow his cover? I don't know. <laughs> I think it is, but I could be totally wrong. Like, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. But going back to your question, it's like, even I remember even before I even met uh, Hayden and you know, before I even knew that Addicts would work for you guys. Because Alex, I, oh, yeah. I knew him like in eighth grade. I met him in eighth grade. And I remember getting a DM from Hybrid one day saying, oh, we're doing a skateboard campaign. Uh, you guys want to be in it? This is like three, four years ago. And mm -hmm. I was like, no, oh, that sweet. might be too long. But it was in that time range, and I was like, okay, you're cool. It never ended up going through, but, you know, just, like, it's just funny how everything's kind of linked together. Now we're just out here hanging out and stuff. Like, I love that. So, obviously, we're the least famous people you know. And I know that. <laughs> you said the, the least famous people? Least what? famous. I was hearing about this dude, like, before I even, like, All right. got into I'm like, the one. least famous person you've ever met. No, nobody knows who I am, but. <laughs> I heard you're Mr. I, I, well, from hearing the podcast from Hybrid, I heard you're Mr. Miami. <laughs> big, am I a big business guy? Yeah, big business Mr. Man. Trust me, I had to do my research and I went on hybrid. I started hearing all the podcasts. Mr. And I, I, started, I started hearing you, and I'm like, okay, Mr. Man. I'm like, who's that? I started looking at who's, <laughs> who's on me. I don't know. We've been doing podcast a while, maybe. I, I, I could. I, I hear the first episode. I hear uh, Mr. Man or something, Florida. Oh, that's Mr. right. I was on the very first episode. Yeah, you were. Oh, my God. I'm the only one left, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Jesus. Um, all right, so. The reason I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you tell this story is because from the day that we found Hybrid 2.0, some, you know, cause I'm in the real estate business and like a couple days after I look online toward this place and I'm like, started reading this article about Lil Wayne's skate park. And I was like, oh, he bought the skate park? And I'm like, oh my God, it's two doors down from 
this potential locations like every time anybody comes to the gym i'm like you know it's pretty crazy lil wayne's right next door (laughs) it's cool as shit ever i'm like i'll just you know i'll be walking tim outside and he'll be out there and there's always just random badass blood in his mouth just like hanging out with this just this long (laughs) dude he he spends about 0.3 seconds but outside at any given time like yeah for sure i'm sure he probably went through years of him like getting swarmed probably by media and he's in like Probably the worst part of Wynwood, to, 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 in his benefit, like probably the worst, nastiest street in all of Wynwood, <laughs> outside of like the actual projects on the south side. So there's not a lot. The only people that go back sure. there are those, those like GoPuff drivers. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. That yeah. the that back strip there, yeah. or like that service yeah, road, always dirty. gets broken into. Very so. Like every car that's there. Oh, how shit. do you? How did you meet Lil Wayne? Like, like I think that's pretty cool. How'd you end up skating with him? Oh, that's a, that's a pretty cool story. So one of my good friends, Chaz Chaz Ortiz, um, he's known Wayne forever. He's been a professional skateboarder for since a little sperm cell. You know, like he like what since a little sperm cell. Like that's how young oh. he's been. A, he's been he's been. A <laughs> I pro. thought that, I was, thought like that a, was his nickname. No, no, or no. like a brand. I, did, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't no. aware of. No, he he was pro for Zoo York for a long time. Oh yeah, of and course. then Zoo York uh, they ended up going down. Now he's pro for DGK, but that's like my. That dude's like my brother right there. We, uh, you know, every time he's in Miami, you know, he would stay at my house or we'd stay with each other in a homo. Um, uh, and then just one it's night. It's 2022, you know. There's <laughs> anything's possible at this point. Yeah. No judgment. And then, uh, and then he's like, oh, yo, you know, we're going to go down to Skate Wayne's. And I'm like, dude, let's freaking do it. And then, you know, this is like how you, I just heard you saying, like, when you see him outside, I'm like, to, to, to even hear that he's out in the daylight, it's mm-hmm. incredible. Because he only would respond at night. He'd wake up at like midnight. <laughs> Yo, I'm up. I'm going to be at the park at 2 in the morning. And every time, we'd, every time we'd go to his park, it'd be like 1, 2 in the morning. I've never gone to his park anything, anytime past. You know, so he's really nocturnal. No, he's super nocturnal. Super, super nocturnal. So we'd go there. And uh, so we went there that one night. And that one night it just changed my whole life in the sense of like how I see life. You know, it's more like you, you think like nothing's possible but like i ended up staying at the skate park that night i stayed over because we finished skating and he's like oh i'm gonna go just uh drop off the key with uh with my assistant loose tomorrow he like throws in the keys he's like y'all can stay in the room right there the only thing is there's a stripper pole in the middle so you might have to sleep around it so me and my boy daniel no we, way. we slept on the floor no right, right right next to the stripper floor and i remember waking up in the morning like yeah i had my boy working all night like <laughs> but uh yeah so how's was, this park like is this it's it's a freaking movie you walk in and like he has a freaking reception desk just because he's little wayne and the moment you walk in you have this freaking one table like probably literally from like here to the freaking window full of every type of candy and like candy candies and chocolates any type of candies and chocolates you can think of just on on the fucking table like what do you mean like just there like just no no i mean like but but why i mean so you can pick at it and eat like it's just munchies i guess like sweet i don't i was and then every type of control you had like 50 controllers laying down because then when you open the door and go in the actual park it's like TVs all over the freaking wall, and you're just like, you, you feel like you're in a video game. Like, that's how I felt. Like, I was like, what am I? I'm sorry, pinching myself. I'm like, am I, am I really here? Like, this is crazy. And then I, what I remember the most is like, he, oh, he has a bowling alley too in there. Come on. He has a bowling alley, and then like, super nice marble floor, freaking everywhere. You're like, you don't go, like, wait, wait, wait. 
Just so, because like <laughs> I walk by it every, like, I mean, well, you, yeah, so many times. You can't see like from the outside. Yeah, you just, can't it's see just a black building. That's why he chose building. that warehouse. It says Trump. It's so spacious, and there's so much shit you can do in it. Yeah. There. By the way, Lil Wayne, if you're listening, you're sitting on a gold mine. Yeah, no, it's, that literally is a gold mine in that warehouse. I so mean, so outside the skate park, when you go into like to use the bathroom, there's just a freaking bowling alley right there. Boom. Okay. And then <laughs> do you go upstairs? There's a studio with a big like. Oh no shit! So he's got a studio. He's got a studio in there. Yeah, he's got. I think I've seen him do like Apple Music. Uh, podcasts and shows and stuff from that studio. I, I mean, obviously, I don't know where he does it, but I think he lo- shot his collab with Uggs in that building okay. too. Okay. Remember, he did that a few years back. The big no. fur coat, but it doesn't Pretty surprise cool. me. <laughs> so, you, is it like, all right, you met him this one time, and like, how did this relationship play out? And how do it you was, know him? It now? was cool. It was like a neutral thing, but because I'll tell you the funniest thing before, like before I even like went to his skate park, he actually tried the shit out of me one time. Right? He what? He tried me like like would 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 be code for like being an asshole to you. No, I remember I know being. What at, tried to mean. Yeah, I, was, I just want to know what he did. <laughs> I was at. I was at. Uh, I don't know if it was Tampa Pro or Tampa. I'm pretty sure it was Tampa Am, which is like the biggest amateur skate contest for for anybody. Like if you're in there. And you win it, like you're you're going places, you know. Because I remember I would go every year to support one of my best friends, Will, and uh, and I see Little Wayne on the the judge stand, and I'm like, okay, the contest had just finished. I'm like, I look at my phone, I had two percent, I had like one percent battery. I'm like, this is my favorite rapper, I need a photo with him. So like, I rushed in, I'm like, yo, Weezy, like, I hate to be annoying, I hate to be that guy, but can I just take a quick photo with you? He goes, nah, man. Just like that, like I, re- I remember this so vivid. He's like, "Nah, man." He just looks away. The moment I'm like, "All right, cool." Like I'm not gonna beg you for photos. So as I'm turning away, some guy runs with his kid, puts the kid on the freaking Justin. Yo, Wayne, take a photo. And then he's like, and I'm looking at this whole time, like, "You just, you just told me no, but you, you aren't, you aren't a cute enough little kid." Damn. I was like, I was like, I was like, fuck this. Fuck little Wayne. I'm gonna be the best I can be. And then like fast forward like a year, two years later, I'm like in the skate park and I'm like, cool. So I what's guess. he like? And he's like cool. When you're in the, when you're in the skateboarding world, he's like amazing. Like he doesn't doesn't try to be anybody different. He's like the sickest like the energy is like insane. Like you feel like he's part of the crew just skating with you. It's like I remember skating and he's like he would hype everybody every time everybody would try something he'd be like oh shit like yeah oh my god like he'd be screaming I'm like oh my god little Wayne is screaming at like what I did this is crazy <laughs> like did he remember you from that no no, no. did you ever tell him the story yeah nah Come I didn't tell on. him I, no, I, I didn't you tell never him said something to no, him no I never I never told I mean if, if it, you know to this day comes and I meet him like I would love to say that story but in that time when you're there you're just like I don't even think that crossed my mind until <laughs> until like after all the excitement was done, yeah, but sure. it's just dope because you're trying something and then he'll try to back you up and then she's yeah. like he and his skateboarding like for as much drugs as he does and <laughs> the age that he's at, he's awesome. He's amazing. How old is he now? He's gonna be like forty something, right? He's got to be in his peaking forties right now. You mean like? You mean like, like he's like, just always smoking weed? No, no, like he's always. I think he's he. I mean, back in the days, he's probably more fucked up than now, like in the sense of like oh, okay. drinking codeine and oh, then, like yeah, he pulls he's like, up. He's serious about that. He's serious about skateboarding. Like he actually takes it no, no, to the heart. Like he tr- serious about drugs. I mean, I can imagine, dude. I opened this refrigerator like when everybody was, you know, <laughs> gone. I remember opening the fridge. I have a video of my old iPhone and like you open this fridge and you have a big thing of like purple 
drank there. Like, <laughs> I remember awesome. being, being like, oh shit, this is purple drink. Like, yeah, this like, is the- okay, so he's not lying. He's no, no, walking he's, the walk. Yeah, he's yeah, definitely yeah, not. No, the, sure. I'm telling you, the moment he gets there, he has a blunt that's no exaggeration this big, <laughs> just this freaking big, and he's skating with it the whole time in his mouth. Does not fall off. He's just there. Like I have a video of him board sliding the hubba and the blunts in his mouth the whole time. And the moment he's he's leaving the park, he still has the same blunt he came with him. That's how fucking big it is. I was amazed. What do you mean? Like he just rolls like ten, like grab his together. He has a roller the whole time. The whole time he has some dude next to him. Like every time when he went to the park, it was him. So he employs a a full time blunt roller. Yeah, I was trying to get hired by him. I was like, yo, what's up? I could roll you way better blunts, man. I'd be way faster too. Um, yeah, he has a blunt roller the whole time. And I thought then, that was just like a Snoop Dogg exclusive. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure all these rappers, everybody does that now. They just got somebody who's rolling for them. Yeah, because you're so rich and you smoke so much at a point you're like, okay, I need somebody to just be like handy. You can't blunts. be wasting all this time <laughs> exactly. rolling my own blunts. <laughs> That's the secret. That's the secret. That's the secret Tony Robbins doesn't want to tell you if you go pay for his mastermind. <laughs> yeah, right. It's all about saving time. You're, you're, mo- <laughs> you're smoking blunts all day. Checks, dude. <laughs> yeah. At a certain point, your time's worth enough money. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Warren sure. Buffett won't teach you that in school, kids. <laughs> <laughs> he really won't. That's a little way exclusive. Um, but then, then, yeah, it's just. And then I, remember, I have a video that he's like, I'm like, he had, uh, or my friend had done something, and I'm like filming Wayne because he was just so excited. So I'm like, oh my god, I hope he doesn't like shoot me for like filming him and like, <laughs> like be mad. So like he to, invited your buddy, or did he invite? Yeah, he invited us, but oh, anybody okay. who, who who oh he invited my boy Chaz, I should say. But anybody that Chaz brings in, it's like yeah, for sure. it's gonna no, be cool. It's like Hayden bringing some people over, but it's yeah, gonna be yeah, cool with like, it. You know, um, get invited to a gym, you go with your buddy. Like, oh, let's go lift there today. Like same yeah, thing, of course. And then yeah. uh, and then just being there, he even said he's like, man, he's like, oh, you guys, you guys are the real pros out here. I'm in the G League, like, and then like his, and I'm like, oh, and he's like pounding me, and I'm like. Oh shit! Like, like this hey, remember that time like, you refused the photo? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we're here pounding each other. Yeah. But yeah, it's just that's it, funny, man. That's so goes, cool that life yeah. came full circle for you like that. Yeah, it was an incredible, man. I'm still. I've gone to this park. I want to say two times. I've been oh, okay. there. I've been there twice. It's not like a, you know I go there all the time and all this. I would love to, but you know uh, I don't even think he. I think he skates a lot more than his own park nowadays. You know. From what I've oh, seen. Oh, like he goes out to Lot 11. Like he rents out Lot 11. He'll be there like That's all the night. one under the underpass? Yeah, that's the underpass, yeah. That's a cool spot. He rents yeah, it out? Super crazy. The whole thing? No, the owners rent it out. Because oh. it's like half owned by the city, half owned by like the like main owners and stuff. So they have like the privilege of like renting it out to specific people and all that stuff. I think that's cool the city of Miami did that. Yeah. yeah. like that, the, actually what they're doing with the entire, it's called the Underline Project here. I don't know if you've seen it going down mm. to the Grove. You've seen yeah, it going down yeah, to the yeah. Grove on okay. US 1. Okay. The, the underline is going to go from the new, just gigantic, waste of money spider bridge they're building downtown. Mm-hmm. It's going to be this pedestrian-friendly, um, kind of like thoroughfare. People can exercise, walk the dogs, like kind of like a, a clean, safe outdoor space as opposed Almost to... kind of what they did in Brickle, like in the metro. They've done it in Brickle. The right now, I think... Well, I, I think that was... Bathroom real quick. You guys hold it down. Cheers that. <laughs> I think phase one was on the Brickle corridor. Okay. And then... Right now, whenever you drive down south, like between downtown and uh, the Grove and Coral Gables, they're built the whole construction project you see there is the underlying project. Fine. I think their goal was to unite all of uh, South Miami with all the way, I guess, all the way up to Brickell and then all the way up to. Just make it like one big hole. 
I can never remember. Is it 195 or 395 that connects 95 to the beach, south side, second one? I think it might be the three. Not the Dolphin Dude, Expressway. I'm so bad at this. Dolphin Expressway goes like south. No, no, so. I know it's not the Dolphin. We're talking like we're talking the, the I don't know, <laughs> one of the highways. I, seriously, 395, 195. My whole life I've been here, I still can't tell them apart. You know I mean, I, just, I don't know. I, which I just one's know I 95 is just the one to go straight north. That's the, the only one. I and then Dolphin Expressway. Dude, is how, I call, call it as that. Yeah. So they're they're building this whole project underneath it to make it pedestrian friendly and cyclist friendly and. They put like an outdoor gym and there's yeah. public restrooms. I've seen, seen stuff like that. It's, it's super nice. It's a good thing they put a little basketball court and stuff too over there. Yeah, no, on yeah. Brickle, it's super nice. It's banging, it's banging. They've uh, we've come a long way for all that stuff, you know. Yeah, but it's, as, it's, as, as far as it goes for what you were saying, the the city doing stuff like that, it's long awaited. We I remember going to rallies at like you know Coconut Grove, uh, the courthouse and stuff where the you know where the mayor and all that stuff trying to do like petitions and like opening parks and it, it took a really long time for that park to happen thank god that one of the lot 11 downtown yeah oh, dude, that took forever really? that, that's that, city of miami right half city of miami and i think it's half owned by uh three three individuals right now as well because I, I i know that the mayor of my the city of miami which is a really tiny part of miami is suarez yeah and my cousin's the other mayor. My cousin's the one that's the, the mayor of oh, no Miami-Dade County. That's fine. And she's a super smart lady, uh, Mayor Cava. Okay. But she's that's... doing a lot for affordable housing. And, you know, she's just, I feel like she's doing a really good job here. You know, and, uh, maybe. Uh, Miami's, Miami's no complaints right now. Miami's doing great right now, you know. Yeah. it's Florida def- in general, but Miami itself, it's, it's stabilizing to a really good, uh, to a really good. It's like, what's the biggest thing you notice from the time you grew up until now like what's the biggest difference in living here like because like, i mean as you know and now as like a young adult and you've made made money for yourself and you can enjoy what what we have to offer like what do you think is the coolest um aspect of being you know a young adult here as we all are um i feel like all the hmm that's a really really good question because it, it can be said in so many different aspects because i literally seen no Miami have like nothing i remember there was one sushi spot uh sushi blew up like recently in miami there was one sushi spot at the beach that my dad like knew the owner to which one if you say katana no i don't think it's that one i can't i can't give you the exact name of it don't go there if you're listening to this podcast do not go it's, it sucks you'll hate it yeah, yeah. and then I remember we saw sushi sake you know when i was yeah. in high school and all that stuff and then i know every you know pf changs everywhere just boom 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 sushi everywhere pf changs they have sushi yeah i used to work there and then they incorporated sushi there yeah um <clears throat> No comment. Uh, which is which is just really I know it's a random subject, but like you know restaurants and all these cool little clubs and all this new stuff opening up. It's just what's involving uh, Miami, and it's more. It's it's so weird because not as cultured as before. Now it's more. Uh, what culture? You mean like literally no, no, culture? Culture? Oh, culture! culture. Not culture. <laughs> not not culture. <laughs> that's, that's a, you got like, excited. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, my realm right there. Easy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm not nah, kosher. Nah. Uh, but, yeah, no, just the development of Miami, all these new uh, people coming in and just changing changing the way Miami is. Uh, like, it's kind of, like, gone mainstream. Super mainstream, bro. Super, super, super mainstream to the point where it's, like, you don't even know what to do no more. Before, it's like, okay, hey, I'll do this because this is new to do. Or I'll go do this because this is just a brand new. Now it's just 
you have new things popping over everywhere. And you're like, yeah, what the hell? It's so like, I just things. want sushi and a Schwitz and I want to be left alone. <laughs> type stuff, man. You just want to just do the most chilling stuff. Yeah, that's that's my favorite part of what you can do here. Mm-hmm. It's like doing the stuff on like Cayocho and like like my favorite Mexican place in Miami is on Cayocho. It's just this little nothing hole in the wall place. Which spot? It's called Mi Reconcito Mexicano. Okay, yeah. yeah. I know this spot. Order from Ruiz. Mi Reconcito. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you go in, they have a bakery. You have to pay. It's all cat. Uh, no, no. Now they have a, a little square reader. The best. I mean, best 2 a.m. snack you'll ever eat. It's all cash. You already know them Them dudes make. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're smart. It's all yeah, cash. Bro. I mean, like, the baked goods there. We go there for Mexican food, and it's, you know, it's one of the last affordable places you can eat down there, but mm. the bakery part is so good. Bang. You come home with just like a bag, <laughs> and it's imagine, fucked up. I can imagine <laughs> this little bag. I mean, and it's like my wife's a big fan of it. It's Catherine, she loves this place. But you come home with this bag of like baked goods, and the whole bag is like oiled up by the time you get home. <laughs> and like I'm trying to figure out how that's even possible. But you know, by the time it's the time it's ready to eat, you're not questioning. You're not questioning. You're just <laughs> indulging. You're just going in. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So let me see. Let me ask you a question. What what intrigued you moving over here, Hayden? What uh? Well, uh, originally just because I, I started dating Steffi. Oh, hurt. <clears throat> I uh, you know, I had a business at the time, a different one that was online, and uh, I wasn't like nailed down anywhere, and I was flying back and forth to to see her a bunch, and then eventually I was like, Miami's pretty cool. I'm kind of over the winter. I've done like at that point twenty three winters, you know, mm. and I liked uh you know, winter sports when I was growing up, I played hockey and stuff, but that, aside from that, like, fuck, man. Yeah, winter's, for sure. Winter's and after cold. being here, you realize that there's no, really no seasons in Miami. It's just one long summer, which hot. May, that <laughs> may hot. cut into spring, because oh, you yeah, notice dude. your energy start being you know, all messed up. You're like, we don't be in spring right it now. It goes you know? from hot, <laughs> To hurricane season, to mango dude, season. You have hurricane. summer and summer light. Hurricane <laughs> season sucks. I've had my house flooded, legit flooded. I'm talking about like almost waist high. Like no way. So and then mind you, I didn't Where get. Where do you live? Little Havana. So still was, okay. Yeah, I'm never, I'm telling myself I'm gonna be the first dude to have freaking ten million dollar mansion. Little man, <laughs> not to be a scumbag, just to show everybody it's possible and I'm gonna make everybody's house in the area go up because of that freaking one house. <laughs> but I just love that area. It just it's centralized to everything. You want to go to downtown. You want to go to like your area. You want to go south. It's all like freaking thirty minutes. Bro, away. I love Little Havana. I think it's a gem. It's yeah. it's it's a gem, and it's now it's now that they want to make it like. Uh, what do they call it South Brick, uh, North Brickle is what they're trying to North Brickle. Yeah, they're trying to expand. Since Brickle is south, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's well, it would be like south and then to the west. Or like West Brickle, they're trying to make the whole thing to like the Mar- from Brickle to the Marlins nah. Stadium. They're trying to consider all that. You guys one gotta fight that. Oh, dude. Brickle, Brickle, well, that'd be good though. I'm sure it'd be good for property value and stuff like that. Sure. Just to have it's already expensive there. Yeah. yeah. But reasonable. like Brickle Solus. Yeah. Like Brickle, I mean, not I don't mean like Solus in a bad way, but Brickle's not like you don't go there and feel any culture. It's like you could go there and you yeah. feel the same thing in Soho or Fifth Ave. It's yeah. not anything special, Just you know. Really it's it's, sure. it's developers and they're building big, beautiful buildings, and like I love that. I love watching that happen. It's great for my industry, but for the culture of Miami and for the culture of Little Havana, like no way, like. Yeah. That place is, it's a gem, man. It's like the Grove. Like, you don't go to the Grove and you don't want it to turn into this, like, corporate environment. You know, you want it to have, I think a lot of, sorry? Charm. Yeah, yeah. It's like, 
every neighborhood has a soul here. Yeah. And it's not my like South Beach is not the soul of Miami. No. I don't consider South Beach Dude, is not even, Miami. I if you're from here or if you like live here long enough, you're, you're not go going to, to South Beach. I, 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 I can't remember the last time I've gone to South Beach so. other than to go eat sushi at Katana, which don't go to. That's not even the beach. Yeah, don't go there. Give so me food poisoning. Yeah, I hated the beach, right? Just because of tourism. And you just always have people who are just fighting and fussing over there. It's always the worst time. Yeah. But lately I've been going to like South Point. Oh, great. Dude. Smith and Walensky, if dude, you ever go there. Right amazing. there in the front. Amazing, dude. The, the water's always like low tide. We're just playing football. I'm like, oh, dude, this is great. I bought that a freaking park tent. Is I bought incredible. a $200 tent just for the beach. It's so <laughs> huge. It's like a 10 by 10, but it's huge as hell. Like, you can have a whole army under there. And you're like, okay, you're not burning to like yeah. a little crisp, you know? If you go to that little section of the beach that's just south, uh, not, I mean, further than fifth. I mean, if you go south of like Second Ave on the beach down there, or if you go to South Point Park, it's one of my favorite places in all Super of Miami. Nice. Really? Super nice. I don't think I've ever been. It's nice. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. I think the farthest I've gone is Ocean and 8th. Oh, that's where you hate. That's Dude. when you start oh, to hate the beach after yeah, 8th Street. It's, it's when it gets ratchet. Yeah. Yeah. I like the. Yeah, the last time I actually went to Ocean Drive is during the middle of COVID, and they had the whole thing shut off. To, to that was cars. awesome. You just. Yeah. You just, we oh, there was nobody bike. there. It was, I mean, that was only a couple month period, but it was the best time. Yeah. It was when Luke was (laughs) like a little tiny baby puppy. We brought him out there, but you know, now, uh, since Florida became like the first place to reopen in the U S it became like the tourism hub of America. So I remember we had a weird period of time in 2020 when we were like the only place open, Mm -hmm. people start coming here. It was bad. I mean, it was wild. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Well, dude, I mean, the, well, the housing market and the rental market reflected that. Oh not yeah, not just coming here for vacation, but coming yeah, here to, now. to live. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not complaining. I, oh, that's good for you. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Keep it's good coming. It's good for your business. <laughs> but now, you know what I'm seeing now is there's a lot of people coming from South America. Apparently, like the Colombian economies and on the precipice of some disaster, and same with all the other. Damn. major countries down there there's been some upheaval so it's good for miami overall yeah for sure so um, what's uh what's next for you what's the future look like hmm. that's uh so i'm i'm in the midst of wanting to start my own podcast as well cool it's called quite a right podcast quite all right yeah it's quite all right cool catchy yeah. i like that. i like that and it's also another clothing brand that i have uh, in mind that i'm starting to develop quite a right clothing llc you know uh, quite all right in general is the the name because you know it's, it's quite all right. It's not it's not the best, <laughs> but it. It, it could be all right. Absolutely. You know, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. Hopefully, you know, with the homie Hayden right here co-hosting it with me, I got some really interesting guests that I do want to bring uh, bring on chart. Um, a lot of people that have never been on podcast too as well, and for you know for this is my first podcast ever too, so it's pretty cool. Damn, I never would have guessed. Never been never been on a podcast. I've dreamt of it, and I'm like kind of like in the midst of being like nervous but like happy at the same time. So you're like. Like you just gotta talk yeah, to I mean, people, man. Like, I know I love it, dude. I it's love fun, it. Right? I love having an open, open market to just express yourself and just you know talk and yeah. all that stuff. That's what you mean. I can talk people's heads off and they'll be like, "Yo, shut up already, bro." Like, Come on, <laughs> I'm trying to. But um, that's perfect for a podcast. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just developing the actual subject that's gonna integrate yeah, into I becoming. People just want to. They want people that are curious, you know, like yeah. talking about it, somebody else's lives. Like, yeah, they love it. Like your nice. story, like what? Yeah, because like people probably look up to you, you know, and you probably don't think about that every day. And then if somebody looks up to you and they're watching you on social media, you know, like you have a big social media following, I'm sure. All right. 
It's all right. I want to say it's the best, but it's cool. I, I, I don't even look into that as much. I just look into more of the people who are more engaged into into talking to me uh, post like my followers were always like oh yo i love people are always like, oh what's your workout plan or what's this or are you and i'm like dude i eat mcdonald's i eat, I eat such a bad <laughs> i have no dieting i'm so like i just work out super early in the morning to like noon and then i'll go skate like freaking five six hours and sometimes i'll be oh like god yeah dude, so You're bad maniac. dude i'll skate um if you want to know here maniac dude when i'm trying to trick I'll be so thirsty that I tell myself like, yo, you're not drinking water till you land the fucking trick. It's so, it's so masochist and it's so bad, but like <laughs> my mind feeds into that. And sometimes Bro, I'll like be more. I need to get you back on the sodium train. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's being, do it. Being, being dehydrated in Miami oh, yeah. is a chronic illness. Oh, uh, no, no. That's why, that's why, you know, I drink my salt and, and then I drink water. So do it's you? like, it's, it's, so it stays, you know, it stay more hydrated. There's some really like good that. supplements out there that they'll keep, if you're out there in the sun, uh, it's one that I used to take. Like I don't work with. Well, I'm not affiliated. Well, we do work with one. Element. Yeah. Yeah. We got a code and everything, so make sure you listen to that. Let's do it. But that's an electrolyte supplement. Yeah. Sodium. I was waiting stuff. for that plug-in. All the other yeah. other other <laughs> podcasts I've heard always have that plug-in right before. You know, here's a quick commercial break to shout out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Boom. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, dude. Being dehydrated. I I you know when I was like really on a like my strongest trajectory in powerlifting, I was the only quote unquote supplement I took that was like an actual like a product that you could market mm. and I swear like a like a that wasn't the one I used but you know it's the same ingredients you know basically but I feel like that is the key, key. especially yeah. in your city like this if you're anywhere hot man like yeah. you don't even notice right like you're yeah. in the day and you just have a mild sweat on all day yeah it's like Dude, if you're not drinking you're water, you're, just, you're, you're dead. You're like a walking. It's not just dehydrated. It's not just dehydrated because you're losing water. I mean, you're losing electrolytes. And you yeah. need electrolytes to like retain the water in your muscles and your body. Like, and I'm not a fucking scientist, but I, I talk to enough. <laughs> I do believe you need that. <laughs> I have a lot of really smart friends, and I just listen to them. So uh. <laughs> that's what I like to do too. That's kind of why I got into a lot of things that I do. Just hearing a lot of people that I've always looked up into, like for my for lifting of course like one of my best friends anthony would always look at me and be like dude you have this perfect structure of like of developing a body because you were, i was just pure flat skinny i was like 135 140 like looking like bones but always had some type of physicality on me because of skateboarding mm -hmm. and i always believed in push-ups like i always looked up to bruce lee in the sense of like body goals i would look at him and be like dude look he looks like a freaking bat with the way he would open up his lats <laughs> and all stuff be like yeah. this, this is how i want to look and then you get to a point where you just kind of almost meeting those criteria is not as insane but you're like okay cool like if you're there but you kind of want more that means you got to do more so it started lifting all that stuff and it's been the best journey dude it's been amazing i love it but as far as it goes to your question on what i want to do outside of you know well, just a few just a few like different things um, going looking forward in your life i want to incorporate a different uh development for olympic training in the sense of like almost kind of what you guys got going on at hybrid but you mean olympics Sk skateboarding skateboarding right. i'm sorry i'm yeah, so yeah. sorry because i know people now, listening i think that to might the be the happy dads confusing me a little yeah bit. people <laughs> listening to the podcast think you, any anytime you talk about olympic anything they're gonna think olympic weightlifting yeah, sport no, of olympic, olympic skateboarding and stuff i want to i've looked, searched up tons of videos and there's not one that you're like actually lifting heavy at all mm -hmm. like over 150 pounds never seen somebody squatting you know two plates to prep them for a skate contest which i'm pretty sure would be really 
beneficial in the long in the long term you know like popping like me ever since i started like squatting squatting and deadlifts are like my goals like i love i do legs three times a week monday wednesday and friday and that has implemented my skateboarding pop so much higher it's just just i'm like oh shit like i'm just going over like that table like i definitely got ollie over that table no problem like no problem like that that was one of the big slogans that you guys always put out part of hybrid it's like strength is for everyone and like yeah i mean you could you could call it a marketing tactic but the reality is like if you just take the words and apply it to everyday life like well even look at mark bell's thing strength is never a weakness yeah that's super true oh dude i mean it just the amount of people like even like people that i know and some of my employees and people that work with me they'll talk about various things like dude even my dad my dad is an amazing example because that man at like age 40 became a cyclist on fire and like he'll ride three four times a week up to 100 miles at a time and now he's just he just celebrated his like 60 60 60 61st 62nd birthday and like still out there riding with these young dudes like a hundred mile rides in Miami all the way from like where we live down to black point Marina and back beast freak. And like, he's all, it's like, he's always complaining about his back. I'm like, dad, please just come to the gym with me. Like, he's like, well, like you think that your maybe your back would hurt less. Like, yeah, because I don't think that people from his generation, I'm not faulting him for it, but they probably didn't understand the long-term health effects of not, exercising for sure and now that it's it's you know like you could take it to a a, probably an unhealthy degree now like you know to be fair to most powerlifters like the way we're to the extreme is yeah we take it to the extreme but like a a healthy middle ground like what you're saying sports specific is going to be extremely beneficial for anybody even just if you have like a normal job like even if you just get to train the deadlift once a week Mm -hmm. to me the deadlift is like the most life-changing exercise i've ever been involved in for sure. And the squat, just the same. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm sure for, for skateboarders or for any other applied sport, I mean, like building up the strength around your hips, your quads, your glutes, like learning how to make those muscles strong to support a strong, healthy structure is It's more than half invaluable. of your body, man. I tell people your legs, 65% of your body is like weighs down, dude. Yeah. So it's like, it's what's going to be your powerhouse for the longevity of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you incorporate those exercises your you know your branch is only going to grow you know more leaves yeah. you know a lot of guys want to do the chest and biceps like how many times you really work out your biceps you know like no, i it's all in like superfluous yeah well, exactly it's it, it, i do back exercises that include them right exactly every once in a while you do a gun run because it feels good you get a nice little <laughs> yeah, pump you know <laughs> a quick little pump just to get a, i think uh for biceps in general like what my you know one of my best friends and you know mentor in the sense of like getting me into the gym he says bro whatever muscle you want big you just got to work it out every day so if you want big biceps you just got to do biceps every day so bicep let alone it's just it's like it's like anything right the mm-hmm. more you work at it the better Facts, man. The better it's but keep it, keeping your legs, your like lower trunk, I guess you'd call it, unscientifically healthy, strong. So like how many people, you know, and I'm guilty of this a lot too, and I'm sure you are, like working mm-hmm. all day, like, you know, you end up sitting in a weird seated position. Sure, like, oh yeah. But I feel like the only reason I'm not in pain because of that is because like my lower half and my hips are so strong at this point. That, yeah, like, they're able to withstand all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, the most pain I'm ever in is when I go squat sets of eight now. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, it just protects, just 
I mean, training so valuable in so many ways. We have a member at the gym. His name's Chris. He's a weightlifter, and he does uh, martial arts with the, our coach there, Kareem. And uh, just the other day, he said his, his dog always goes in the pool and drinks all the pool water and then pees all over his house. <laughs> and he, the dog came in, peed all over the tile floor, and he accidentally slipped. Oh, God. Fell back, smacked his arm, like jammed up his wrist, whatever. And but the first thing I said to him was like, "Aren't you glad that you're somebody who trains because and that you're strong and you're durable because of that? Because if you're just somebody who doesn't like glass, you're like, yeah, dude, yeah. I mean, it's like and past a certain age, the stats are scary. For so like someone, scary. Someone who goes in, in, into a hospital period for any sort of thing, it's like the mortality rate is like through the roof. Dude, like for, it's incredible. Like 60, that's that's how my grandma is right now. She's 80 and she fell and she messed up her femur. So ever since she messed up her femur, she's been on this walker. My she, the bitch can walk perfect. Come on, like she has like she she got she can work. She has functioning legs, but her mentality is just so shattered because of that one accident. That like like she's scared now. She's like reliant on the walker. Yeah. Like that's tough. Boom, you know. And well, it's, it's not like, for people our age, honestly. I feel like not. I feel like doing all of this is, you know, I mean, I mean, like take us out of the equation. Perhaps as powerlifters, weightlifters, whatever you want to call it. But as you get older, you want that support. It's like building the foundation uh, as a young person to like kind of keep this long-term mindset of like, I'm going to learn these habits now, mm -hmm. just like eating decently healthy. Because mm -hmm. like when I'm older, I'm not going to have this much energy and I'm not going to have this much muscle mass. I'm not going to have this much strength. But like if you build up enough of a surplus at a certain point, my non-scientific conclusion to that thought process is that like it will only benefit you when you get older sure. and like you want to make sure that you live a long strong healthy life like you're not going to do that mm -hmm. by avoiding that uncomfortable truth of like going to the gym when you're young yeah yeah for sure no i think that's a good message man i think you're bringing uh you know you see it as sports progress they get more and more competitive people are looking for more and more edges and inevitably at every point strength and conditioning becomes a, key, an important part of that sport you know and now with skateboarding being the being in the olympics i think you're you're that's what's next for that sport so i think it's cool what uh what you're trying to do yeah and but it's what, funny because to this day you go ask someone to skateboard it's like oh uh, you know like Dude, you look at big, bro, and I'm like, and I love that. Like, I, I'm like, damn, that means I'm doing something right. Like, I'm actually my training is, is fulfilling its purpose. And then, you know, you're asking homie, oh, when are you gonna hop in the gym? Like, come catch a workout. Da, da, da. Oh no, I'm not trying to get too big. And I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> That's like, yeah, okay. I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, it's like, I, I can only, I, I wish, dude. Let me show you goals of like shit that I would love to look like. It's, but it's just unrealistic, you know. Yeah, it's it's like genetics. It's freaking, yeah. it's time, it's effort, and it's almost a different thing. People things. think they're going to go to the gym. They're going to end up looking like Phil Heath in like Oops. two months. <laughs> yeah. Oops, Mr. Olympia. <laughs> I think this one skateboarder, Brandon Beeble, might have set a misconception on like swole, I call him swole boarders. Because uh -huh. he's just like, I believe he was like, there's a video on uh, Fully Flared. That he's like drinking red line. He's just like so... <laughs> Cockied up, so you can tell like he was definitely um, implementing a lot of uh, enhancement drugs for his lifting. So that incorporated with skateboarding might have given a different uh, feeling to it. With like, oh damn, like skateboarders really gonna be like juice heads, like these big ass like blocks and all. Oh, so, you think it like it painted sort of a bad image of maybe the whole you know maybe in the early two thousands it might have because 
dude, there's I don't believe there was that many big dudes on boards until you know Brandon Beeble started showing like you know like being yeah. strong and big is like cool and stuff like that. And uh, it definitely gives a weird connotation to whatever it touches. Exactly. At least in the eye of pop culture now, anything that gets associated with PEDs gets tainted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the purity of skateboard culture could have been the fact that it's like a bunch of kids on the streets just getting together and being wholesome. Yeah, yeah. and all it takes is you and a board and some right. buddies. Because yeah. like sure. even, you know, you say what you want about weightlifting and powerlifting and bodybuilding, but it gets tainted by this very weird discussion that comes up around drugs and like there's no avoiding it because it's just it's a, there's like maybe it's a generational divide or like mm-hmm. a mindset divide between people and just kind of I could see where that would probably make people think like, whoa, like what's this turning into? And of like, course, is and, this... and the average skateboarder is, you know, some little flaquito skinny dude, you know, with yeah. like this baggy... Flaquito yeah, skinny yeah. dude. <laughs> skinny dude with like some, some good tight jeans or like baggy swag, you know, and you see yeah. him and you're like, okay, you know, he looks like a normal person, what you would think, you know. And then you see this one dude with a tight shirt that's fit on nice and he got some muscular ass. You're like, oh, it's not a skateboarder. You're some big beef head. Get the hell out of here, you know? And like, and I remember growing up, and like anybody who was like beefy, big growing up, you know, the kids would make fun of him. Like, oh, look at this little dude on the board. He he looks so weird on his skateboard. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> and then you start, you know, at least at my age now, look at that. And I'm like, dude, like this dude probably can lift every all of us together, you know? And like this badass as fuck. That one powerful human. It's like it's, it's sick as hell, you know. You gotta give yeah. him give flowers to when you know when when yeah, it's deserved, so. you know. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but when I first started lifting, when I was like, I mean, I started in the gym when I was 15, so I would like go to the gym like five, six days a week. Like I don't even know how I got there, but like maybe my parents gave me a ride. <laughs> They'd like drop me <laughs> off of the gym, like work out for two hours, come home. But like in high school, I started to get like, you know, I started to like be a muscular person. And I remember being self-conscious about it because, like, people would say stuff. No oh, shit. Like, oh, really? I loved it. Yeah, no, no. It, it wasn't, it, like, It became bad. such a part of my identity. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. no, no. It was, I felt confident in myself, but I remember there were just, just people saying weird stuff because I just don't think... Make you would, feel uncomfortable and stuff. You yeah, know, and this was shit. probably before uh, lifting got to be, like, you know, I remember, like, when I first started lifting, there was this iconic moment that Jay Cutler walked out on stage. He won the Olympia that year. And it was this pose that he did, and it was just blast all over the world. But it was like this specific pose he did on stage. And like, I remember that was like when I first really started lifting. Like, body epiphany of like, oh shit, like this is like. Well, I mean, yeah, he was a freak. You know, he was like a genetic freak and obviously worked really hard for that moment on the Olympia stage. And he like had this moment where he was like, he was like in this like quad flex with like an upper body pose going on, but it was, it was freaky. I just remember this at the same time. And I don't think people really, social media wasn't around back then promoting this stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause now a lot of the really, really, really popular people on social media, it's like very body centric. For sure. So people are very, you know, very much ideated toward the gym. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge part of people's personalities, you know, and, and back then it wasn't back then it was like, you know, this, this is not even that long. Now, now it's like a culture that kind of overflows into everything else. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fitness is like. It used to be just its own isolated culture. Yeah. Before. Yeah. People like bodybuilders. So you like, started in high school lifting. Yeah. I mean, when I was. You, when did you start? Uh, Three years ago. I started like training, like doing like push ups and stuff like that when I was like 11. Nice. And when I was 12 or 13, I started doing Olympic weightlifting. That's fine. I started um, younger than me. 
Yeah, I was wow. pretty young, That's and awesome. uh, I I started just because I was I was never like a super tall guy, and I played hockey, and my dad just didn't want me getting my ass kicked, so he's like, <laughs> you got to you, you got to just look like the badass. Yeah, you got to figure something out. So <laughs> I started doing that, and that's, that's sort awesome. of what sparked the whole that's that whole thing for me. Yeah, I remember being in in weightlifting class. Like, weightlift. What did that? What was that like? It's for me. Yeah, no, it was but like, looking what? at people lift because I didn't incorporate that shit at all. But what did you do in weightlifting class? hung out and just try to get attendance just have my shorts to get a grade and just okay but, go, but it was about, like a, it was a class where you go yeah, to the weight no, room we go to an actual weight room and you know he had a whole mess of set uh, workouts for us and you know you'd you know make us work out and honestly but i'm okay. like we had that also in high school i think i did too i don't think i did it yeah no i didn't do it. i was more poisoned with the whole idea of like oh dude i can't work out i can't get i can't get too big like i don't want to work out and then i'm gonna look too weird on my board but you know like <laughs> wow. you know little did you know i know it could have been like a seed you know planted in me yeah. but i always looked at people doing it and i was like oh this is badass like my boys would be they would have bench competitions like who could lift the whole space and i was just sitting there like all right he won i'd be like the judge and shit like that okay no, he, won. he won right there yeah yeah this is badass that's that awesome but yeah it was sick it was super sick well, that's cool man i think you're fighting you're fighting the good fight i think you're gonna help make some change in that, that sport I, I hope so i hope so at this point i love change i love being a part of the change and you know and culturizing something to, to a new extent and, and seeing a, a different horizon. That's like what I love doing, just like bringing new um, methods of incorporating, you know, different things. Like, especially um, that dude Mike, what he's doing with the whole like skateboarding, deadlifting, all that stuff. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's. What's that? He's this like, guy's been going viral doing like. Dude, he's like deadlifting like 600 pounds on like his skateboard. And I'm like, and he's like doing a kickflip with like a pl like two uh, plate on like side. is he like going from the deadlift to the skateboard he's on no, a skateboard no, he's, he's on a skateboard got deadlift, a barbell on his back doing tricks what yeah he's just he's actually a very strong guy super he's strong that sounds unsafe i don't think it's very safe it's not, it's not that safe i tried it at the gym i was so curious that i was like dude I want, I want to see. So I tried it and and me i ride my truck super fucking loose like, oh, yeah. like you, my trucks are literally like like this, and I'm like deadlifting, going back and forth. I'm like, oh man, I'm dying. Yeah, I mean, I'm but, off the internet for a few months with deadlifting on skateboards. Like, let me tell you something, man. I'm a good deadlifter. Deadlifting is very hard. Just as just is, just, yeah. just with your feet on the ground, it's yeah. tough. Yeah, no, and he's like, and he's doing extra. He's like deadlifting with like a freaking ten pound weight in his mouth with like the 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 little thing the neck training, the neck oh training thing God. and then he has like Bud Jeffrey style oh yeah Dude. yeah he's like the skateboarding Bud oh, Jeffrey oh really. God is that yeah. guy still around and that's crazy he passed away unfortunately just Bud. recently yeah oh, legend R.I.P. to that and as crazy as it sounds when I did do the deadlift on the skateboard I can you see did this yeah I tried it with I did How it with two weight? plates I did it with two plates with the oh you did it yeah with the 20 with the 20 kgs or whatever on each side uh -huh. I did it I did it on two on each side oh and shit so you did a 100 kilo deadlift yeah and um I can see how it can it can be really beneficial as crazy as it sounds because if you're like having so much weight on that board if you jump off like a freaking 20 stair it's almost equivalent to uh, like to like that weight. There's which, certainly some core strength. In you know what I mean? <laughs> and that too as well. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go on the record and saying that's not beneficial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not arguing with how cool it is, but I'm just going to say it. It might not Internet be. Internet can correct me and I won't yeah. see it, but. 
We'll have to send you the guy though, so you know. Yeah, yeah. At this point, you don't know what's right and what's wrong. You know, so everybody's just going at one true. direction. I mean, you know, <laughs> now people are deadlifting on a skateboard. Like I remember the craziest <laughs> thing I saw was probably you know always Juji Mufu doing something wild. Like yeah, he's nice. You know, flamingo deadlifting with a roll, pair of rollerblades on or something. Oh my god! Still, still, the, still I saw the that. weirdest. It's some dude from Circus Olay. He freaking, I don't know how he benched with his freaking. This was bent backwards. I'm talking about like he's. He, he looks like he's missing his freaking lower half. He's like. Oh, I think I he, saw he, this. He's benching and he's like, he's like folded his half? body like a freaking. Yeah, but like the other way. Not like this, like the other way. He's like, yeah, so like back of his heels to the back of his head type thing? Yeah. 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 And he's like, I'll never understand that. <laughs> I'm so not flexible. When I go on his profile and I see that him, like, he's like in a box. Oh, that's and crazy. Like, I can see why he does that stuff. Yeah, you know? he's like a contortionist. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, that's cool, but. <laughs> not for us, maybe. Not for me, no. <laughs> Dude, Ray, where uh where can people find you to keep up with we quite all right all the stuff that you're going to be doing with training and all that oh quite all right it's uh it hasn't been out to the public yet there's an instagram profile for it if you guys want to go ahead and follow it you're more than welcome to there's not that many followers it has no no uh blow it up internet do your job <laughs> raise the man um but if you want to check me out check out Raymane ray underscore m-a-n-e i got that because of juicy j he's like we trippy main so that's, like, <laughs> that's the only reason why i got that that instagram handle that's um sick. uh yeah check me out on Raymane. you know we uh we're trying to go tiktok viral as well i've been i've been steady on the tiktok right i reached a million views on one video on the stupidest thing ever it's just my boy on the pool just like he was so hammered drunk uh, on some <laughs> resort in dominican republic and he's just like like a, like a manatee just like laying in the water <laughs> and he comes back up like he looks at the camera. I saw like, that. I went to your thing today and saw that. right back out again. And I'm like, how does this? I'm like trying super hard to post actual have you good read, content. Have you ever read? A, all right, I don't love, never mind. Don't <laughs> not good Go read the terms of service. <laughs> and I got like a million views. So I was like, cool. Like social media is um is uh it's it's definitely the place. So I'm just aiming to do things on that and. uh yeah, you can check me out on Instagram and TikTok, Raymane. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I won't, but <laughs> he's not on social media anymore. But yeah, I think for everybody else, check him I out. I like you in real life. <laughs> Thank you You're so cool much. Dude. You too, man. Especially when we met on the boat. That was great vibes, man. Yeah, you know, oh, man. You know what? I don't know if we talked about it. That day, I was really cocky about my lack of suntan that, or sunscreen that I had on. <laughs> I, so it was this, was, this was like a week before my wife and I went to Europe. We celebrated our one year wedding anniversary and like, <laughs> The day after that boat ride, I had the worst sunburn of my life, <laughs> probably times 50. And like whole body red, stomach so red that I couldn't sleep. I was like crying in pain. Where did you get the day. confidence? Look at you. Just because so many times I've been out on boats and I just forget sunscreen. I was like, you know what? This is just, yeah, I'm from Miami. It's Middle like, of summer. It's like, this White is, guy bring, it on. bring it on. This is July for your birthday. And then like, I'm like on, a, I was like on a flight, you know, shedding the whole week leading up to this, just like my body peeling off skin. Yeah. By the time I get on that plane, I'm walking around this airplane, you know, trying to sleep and shit, but like just you shedding off skin, burn, burn, like burn. as if, as if somebody was just stripping my skin. A little lizard, me. man. It was disgusting. I made a lizard go viral. Too. You, I know, last, you made a lizard go viral? viral. Yeah, skateboarding lizard. Oh, you put him on a board. Yeah. Was we were really bored? We put a lizard one day. I'm not gonna tell you how we got the lizard on it. Maybe outside of the, 
the podcast will talk about it because you know Secrets. cancel culture is pretty heavy and they're gonna like think i don't think I, you know what tim is a very anti-lizard dog he, he murders them every day he's actually a pretty proficient hunter uh yeah, he's he's, he's like, savage. He's almost eleven, and like oh, he still kills him like almost every day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Lizard it's called Lizard King Joey. That's my first uh, enhancement with uh, with social media. We were just so bored, and we just threw a lizard on a little tech deck. He oh, was on tech. Yeah, he wouldn't get <laughs> off. He wouldn't get off. Really, he would not get off. And then we just started being like, okay, we had a, a board too, so we put the board on like my boy's leg, and we put him on the tech deck. Like if he's dropping in on a ramp, and he just went. <laughs> Oh shit! Really? He, he got off the board. Like he looked at us, like, like the, like the lizard was. <laughs> and then after that, we kind of just made a skateboarding lizard, and he kind of went. He went viral on TikTok. If you want to be a real Miami man, take the Miami Mr. Miami title is uh, if you get an iguana somehow. Oh, that's yeah, that's, that's the big leagues. I'm gonna have Tito for that. Tito's the ultimate lizard catcher. Really? Tito loves catching lizards, dude. <laughs> when we're little. I, I I'm like I'm a chicken shit for some weird reason. Like I I feel like I'm hurting it. Uh-huh. Not because it's nasty. I'm just scared of hurting. Yeah, you. Even yeah. though you're not, but I'm just like, oh my god, am I killing it? Like, but Tito's just like, puts them in a water bottle. Like when we were little, we'd go around my neighborhood oh my just god. collecting lizards in a wa- water <laughs> for some weird reason. We just, just throw it. Yeah, no, but if we let it go, we wouldn't harm them. Okay. He'd be like, we'd be like, oh look, we we collect their whole bottle of lizards like for some <laughs> absolute weird like, freaking. You show tw- your parents. We're like 12 years old, like 10, 12 years old. So we had no idea why the fuck we would do. We just collect lizards. You know, you, there's no social media. You're not playing video games. We're just like walking around just like, collecting lizards, and boom, he just threw them out, and then and it just became that, you know. Ray, Ray, the lizard main of Miami. Yeah, yeah, man. This was awesome. Thanks for being on the pod, man. This I was appreciate it. This is, uh, it was a definitely an interesting and amazing first time, and I can't wait to to indulge in more with you guys. You know, so glad, brother. Thank you so Thank much. You. I appreciate you guys. Love.